didn't even test the fucking sound. Coming in hot. Test no, we're on. We're test. on. We're live. Hey, Woo! thank you again for being at the Rogue Interview Show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the Rogue Interview Shit Show today. Today is going to be a shit show just because shit happened. Part of yeah. being rogue is being white. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, fucking rogue. Yep. <laughs> going rogue. I literally <laughs> walked in the house seven minutes ago. It was like, okay, I'm here. Let me eat. Have something. But so much. I hear the voice that was over there, Jones. Turn it down, baby. You're yeah, gonna be you feedback. should have said I was going to be on it. I've I got thousands of people on my page. I, dude, I'm telling you, I, I forgot that. Well, you know what? Hey, yeah. Post it. There you go. Yeah. Dude, yeah. We can do that. <laughs> how come I have to come up with these ideas? Right? Well, because I don't have the ideas. I'm just a pretty face. Oh, sure. <laughs> what? Um, You're like, what pretty face? Well, hey. maybe with your other guests you are. <laughs> but, uh, Not now. You are. <laughs> You're in second place now. <laughs> you are in the backseat of the pretty face pretty car. Pretty right? All right. Uh, so what do I post here? Uh, the Rogue Interview Show. Um, the ro- do you want me to type it for you, sir? The Rogue... <laughs> R O G U E interview show. Perfect. Yeah. 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 But I can tag you, right? Yes. Uh, you, you should, should be, be able, able to. to. At, you at. Let me see here. Right now. We are uh, obviously <laughs> experiencing <laughs> some heat. He didn't know shit. Um, we went through like. Okay, so why are you wearing... So I'm tagging. Yes. And then it's also the Rogue Interview Show. Can you tag Paco Bautizar, too? Paco. Paquito el Guapo. El... Mira este. Dice nada por el Rogue. Pepper dice no tiene nada. Rogue. Do you put at the Rogue? But you don't have a Facebook page for this? I do. Yeah. Put at the Rogue. Just like that. The Rogue... Interview. <laughs> this is so interesting. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Huh? Maybe just right in here. Rogue. But we are trying to I figure thought, it out. I thought, huh? ro- I thought ads were uh, Facebook or uh, Rogue. Hey, interview. we're getting there. Show. Yeah. There you go. Mm. What the hell? It's not there. I don't know why it's not there. All right. Well, we'll just post it. Yeah. Is, is the location maybe? Should I location it? No. Yeah, we should have it right. No. Do you do this one? I did that guy? one. Yeah. Work? Mm-mm. That's uh, crazy. We're going to have to start over again. Rogue no. Interview Show. Right now I'm on. No. No. No, oh, no, okay. no. 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 It's rogueinterviewshow.com or that's on Facebook. The yeah. Rogue, the Rogue that's so crazy. Yeah. Dude. Let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try. I have good hands. How many people do we have on here? How many? Right now? Yeah. 17. Hey, 17 people. How are you? Right. You can introduce yourself, brother. There yeah, you I'm go. doing this. All right. <laughs> uh, my name is Howard Hughes. And, the uh, Howard Hughes. Yeah. The. I was going to say the. The. Yeah. The. Not just anybody. El, el Gran Señor. Sí. Howard right. Hughes. Sí. And uh, I met these guys through a comedy club that I used to own, Stand Up yes. Scottsdale. Yes. You might recognize us from Bar Rescue. Yeah. Did you find it? Oh, I did, but hold on. He has to like it probably, and then back. I see you. Hold on, man. Son <laughs> of a bitch. You want me to edit that? Yeah. 
So okay. now what do you want to so put in there? This is super cute because what they're doing is they're trying to make it so that it goes Go live on, on Howard's page too. Yeah. Let me, you I will tell a quick story and everybody can just look yes. at your pretty faces. Yes. So Paco, oh gosh, how many years ago did you have the club? So six years ago, seven years ago? I mean, yeah. Maybe even longer. So he surprised me for one night to go out to a comedy club and we stayed in Scottsdale and we went to your club, not Stand ever knowing Scottsdale. you, yep, not ever mm -hmm. knowing you, not knowing Bar Rescue, even though that was a show that we used to watch. And my son freaked out after he found out that you were on Bar Rescue. He loved it. Um, and you were amazing. Like we walked in and we were, you were so not just funny, but the whole atmosphere and everything was amazing. And then, oh, then when you went <laughs> to that other place, <laughs> They're still trying <laughs> to figure this out. <laughs> My fucking eye doesn't let me see. What the? For real? Dude, Dude that's dumb as So did you fuck. add it? Did you add me? Yeah. The phone is over there, but <coughs> I'm the one who's doing everything. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Tell you when I send it, a, when I turn it into podcast, we'll, we'll tag you. Yeah. We'll tag you. There you go. You can always share it, too, on your page, and then it'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. So unprepared. So unprepared. Such a marine thing to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What happens to the improvised, adapt, and overcome? See, that's us. I know. So why that's isn't it? Uh, and you liked it. Yeah. So, oh, can I? Um, oh, you could do that. I, well. Uh, oh. Right post. Oh, there you go. He's so smart. Yes. See, he turned into a marine. Yeah. He improvised, adapt, and overcome right away. I improvised. <laughs> I adapted it, and, and I, I overcame. overcame. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Wait. I have always no. really bad at multitasking. So All right. there we go. Okay. So that night that we went and saw you at your what did you say? Stand up Scottsdale. Stand up right? Scottsdale. Yeah. So. You, it was really funny because it was supposed to be like this night out for me that he was taking me out. And then the two of you became like fast friends. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> started speaking Spanish, started speaking <laughs> soldier Spanglish. talk and all of that stuff. So, but that was forever ago. And I feel like we've been just kind of following you ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have always been great support. That's cool. Yes. That was the best part about the club is, is not just getting like passive pe people who passively came out for a comedy show. Right. Because. That is what all of these local clubs are. There, you go, you sit down, you leave. Yeah. There isn't, and they're fine experiences on their own. Right. But there is no place where you can go and see comedians that you've seen before and they're just hanging out, whether yeah. they're going up or not. Yeah. There's people hanging, there are, there are fans guests who came and then they have their favorites and they're talking to them over in this corner or out on the patio or in the side room or yeah. there isn't a culture of comedy here there's a there's a a show culture yes and it's missing the club yeah you know well and, and and that's what is is missing like you say that's what is missing the the contact with the people they're, they're going yeah. back and say shit they're paying a lot of money to come and see my ass yeah you know what's going on so and, and that's the thing right the thing about a, a a bona fide comedy club, uh, you know, cause here any club you can go to the bigger clubs, they'll have, uh, the headliner who is generally known. It's a 
you know, a famous comedian as far as comedians go. Yeah. And they'll have a meet and greet and that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also cool, but that's still also a very prescribed experience. You know what I mean? And if you go there and see a comedian you don't know, you kind of go, yeah, that person was wrong. You know, yeah. like, oh, that was, right? Because they're, they're, your knowledge of them doesn't fill the room. Correct. Right? Because you're like, oh, why is this person funny? I didn't see them in this. I didn't see them in that or whatever. Yeah. And that's what a real comedy club does. Yeah. And that was my goal is once I've taught people to understand when you come to this club, like we're not getting over on you comedically. You need to see the people that I book. Oh, good. Right. They are what's happening in comedy, even if you don't know them. Yeah. And that way people could come. I had it all the time. Look, I came just because they were here. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that you weren't going to put some fucking hack up. And yeah. just you make us laugh, right? We're right. going to have an emotional reaction to the person that you bring up. Well, I like that the girl that we saw that night, um, I, I, have, I have pictures with her in my phone. Like she was outside hanging outside with everybody after the show was, was. done. We have a picture. Well, you, you were, were wearing funny glasses. You hey, were those were my glasses. <laughs> My glasses. They're in the car. They're not funny. <laughs> Did she say funny glasses? Well, no, it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, those well, were, those it, were was my a, it was a shtick, right? The, it was a shtick. The signature glasses. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but then she was wearing the glasses, and then I was wearing glasses, and it was like it was. We walked away from that and followed her then on social media, and then we started saying, "Hey, when is she coming back into town?" And mm -hmm. we had no idea who she was before that, but yeah. because you created an atmosphere of. <clears throat> We all belong together, and we all had this experience. We all went through this funny little thing together. It, I think I appreciated it more, in yeah. my opinion. I, I got slammed a lot by, you know, like just people, other comedians, not comedians really for this, but like <laughs> because they, like people would say, oh, it, yeah, but like shit could go off the rails at your place. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. when it's that's, the best. That's life. That's a fucking comedy experience, yeah. right? Like I don't want to fill the fucking club with, people who came out with an expectation of what they're going to see. Right? right. And of course I wanted everyone to be safe and you know, a, but to have some unexpected explosions, right. You know, like that made it yeah. all worth going into. Like my biggest fear was going in and seeing some comedian do their fucking road bits. And I just stand in the back, just with my head about to explode, yeah. you know? And if they did that on Thursday, I'd be like, those jokes right not happening yeah. the rest of the weekend well, you know what i mean and like, i really like that every time we saw somebody in uh one of your clubs it was always everybody was catering to the audience talking to the audience going through what what happens in arizona or what happens in their life the funniest comedians are the ones that have the shittiest lives it seems like you know what i mean they have <laughs> it's so funny though well it would appear to be right <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I'm not a comedian. I have the shitty. But, let me, <laughs> but <laughs> let me tell you a dirty secret of comedy. Cause that's crowd work is like one of the easiest things you can do because, uh, it looks cool. Yeah. You know, it sounds cool. <laughs> and, and I, I'm a, I'm a fan of real crowd work. I'm not a fan of most of the crowd work people do. You know, I, I'd get this from, uh, you know, a couple times I fucked up on headliners and you can always tell when a headliner is going to be shitty because they come into town and they're like, 
hey, so uh, what's like the place where like the poor white people live? What's that called? And then they you know, oh. go to the comedy spot. Every single person has a fucking Apache Junction right. joke. And it's just like if somebody's told one of those jokes, I'd be like, dude, this is yeah. this is not for you. Yeah. If, if that's what you're doing here. Yeah. You know, like if you didn't at least hear that when you come here, you've got to. Yeah. Be original and yeah. fuck. I like, like, cause I was the type, I wouldn't care if somebody was being original and nothing was happening and the audience wasn't getting it. Right. Yeah. If they were just like, yeah. Wh- 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> because as long as they're sitting there yeah. and not leaving, yeah. they're still having an experience. Right. And it's not the one they anticipated. And you're, you're hoping that, okay, this, this is what I always say. Like, uh, you know, so, you're from Mexico. I lived in Mexico, Mexico City, Hermosillo, Mexico. I had my very first girlfriend when I was in the Corps. Um, Carla Beatriz Espinosa Rosa. Hernandez de Dios. She took me to my first bullfight. Okay. And that's, that's how I see comedy, right? You talk to most comedians and they're like, well, I just want to make people laugh. And as long as the audience is laughing, it's funny. And, um, you know, there's some truth to that on its face. But the reality is, is people will laugh at fucking anything yes. almost that they paid to laugh at. Yes. And they'll sit there and they'll laugh and then they'll leave and they'll be like, oh, how was, those jokes were dumb as fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I just listened to another grown person tell jokes that I would tell if I had told jokes about that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's and so I loved I hated that clown aspect. You know, I'm not a laughs per minute comedian right i'm a control guy like the longer you sit there not laughing and listening and you're interested like the more i'm just like oh my god when i fucking hit them with a joke like they're so ready they're so ready to hear this joke you know but they've had they've they've held on to the confidence of like no no you can i I just know this guy's gonna pay this off yeah you know i'm holding on because he's getting us to where we're going you know and uh then Sometimes you don't, and that's still a comedic experience, right? <laughs> right? So I never, I never stress out about, oh, they're not laughing, or man, I need to laugh now. I need to laugh now. I leave them not laugh now because I like the story. I like the control, and you know, to me, it's not a clown experience. It's not. I made you laugh. I won. To me, it's like you're a matador. I knew where you're going with yeah. that, and it just didn't get there. I was thinking the clown. He's talking about the clown in the barrel with the yeah. bull. Oh, do you, do you see it. how my comedy works? I got it. I she got was on it. it. See? She was- I am on it. <laughs> I'm a thinker. I, I, I was waiting for the fucking matador with the tie jeans and stuff. Right. No, I, I kept saying it's the some mis- clown aspect. I and, got it. And that's the thing, right? Because the matador, he gets all dressed up. He gets his shit. The picadores come out, the fucking jousting guys come out, and then he gets out. You know, all those guys are his openers, the host, and then he gets out and just. Okay, that worked. Right? Fuck, that didn't work. Uh, (laughs) Bring out the clowns. (laughs) Better figure something out real quick, you know? Yeah. And that is, is, uh, to me, the relationship between the comedian and the audience. It's like, this is going to be dangerous. If I do my job right, I'm dangerous, right? right? Because a matador could easily stay very far away from the bull. Yeah. And if he did that, the place would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. they would kill the matador, right? All right. the people. 
Like a comedy club, it doesn't do that. Comedian, uh, comedy audiences today are just fucking, they're not smart, you know, because they've been trained in this PC culture to be offended and to let people know when yeah, they're yeah, offended. Yeah. And the only reason you should come to a comedy club Thick skin. is to learn some new shit. Yeah. Right. Because I don't care what you want to hear a joke about. Right. Because I didn't know you before you got here. Right. But here's some shit that I want to talk about. And then I start talking about it. And when you can bring people on board to something that's real instead of just a fucking stupid joke, they just, they see you differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They. You're a good person. Yep. You're yeah. a smart person. You're a funny person. You're, you're a real. caring you're person. A person. Sometimes you're a dick, yeah. right? But, but they like start, you. Yeah. Well, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who the comedian was, but he said that he was getting out of stand-up because everybody wants you, like they want to go to a concert. They want to sing the songs that they know on the record, so they want to listen to the same jokes that you tell on your HBO special or whatever special it is. And yes. so it, that's how comedy has become they don't want to hear the new jokes they want to laugh at the same fucking jokes that they told they heard on that special yeah how, how do i okay if i want to get into comedy how do i what's the first step other oh, than dude. other than other than being because a lot of people watch it they have, oh well i want to be a you know a comedian how yeah do, how do you get into that market how do you tap that shit? Uh, well i'll tell you what for me um you know i always thought it was funny but I wasn't like the class clown. And anytime I tried to be funny, like in a, if I went out for a play or something like that, you know, um, I never got funny parts. Uh, I mean, I, I was only in, I was in two plays. Well, one was a TV series up at NAU and the other one was a, a play at GCC. And, uh, but anytime, you know, I tried to be funny, like people were always like, get it uh, we're gonna go with uh, Luke you know <laughs> like my best friend he's a funny guy but he's you know he's just a naturally funny dude um but I was also the kid who like I always say like I'm the Edgar Allan Poe of comedy right like I loved when I first started reading Edgar Allan Poe I was like this fucking fuck. dude's funny man yeah. like this is Dark. like creepy yeah. and yeah. funny and scary and funny and you know it's like the Mexican comedian. He's, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I like, you know. I like you know, I had a stroke. Boom. As soon as I could talk properly, I started telling jokes about a stroke. I had to put down my dog, a Rottweiler. Yes. Broke my fucking heart. I remember that. And I told the joke and I'd have people stand up before I even got to the joke, right? I'm telling the story. Like, I fucking love animals. Fuck you. And I'm like, okay, weirdo. Like, that's what this joke is about. Yeah. It's about how much I love this dog. Right. So sit down. Yeah. Get yeah. out of yourself and fucking listen to this fucking joke I prepared. Right. Right. Because to me, it's like, if I can make you cry or make you angry or make you have a fucking feeling that's contrary to or a thought contrary to what I'm putting out there right now, then I've got you in the place where I need you to then hit you with this joke that I have coming. Right. Yeah. And so you'll hear a bunch of people locally. I'll say, oh, like, yeah. you, you, people know, shouldn't you have cry. some non-fans. You yeah, have some non-fans. Oh, yeah. like, and I love it because we've been friends with you on Facebook since you probably had to get like cut off on 5,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, 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 I know, but it was so funny. <laughs> like I read some of your posts and I'm like, 
He is baiting them on. Know, like he's like, these people are going ape shit. Picture. And he's like, okay, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. Oh, you want me to say this? This. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it because I can see that you're baiting them on. And these people are so fucking whack job that they're like, what the heck are you mean? Like, I gotta tell you though, I don't feel that I'm baiting them on. <laughs> like I feel like I'm just telling people they're fucking morons. Yeah. And look, so, some of them are my family. Sorry. <laughs> I've been a fucking moron several times in my life. Yeah. I'm just not right now. Right. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're being a fucking moron and you're the only person who has control over that. Right. For do real. what you want to do. Real. Yeah, oh, for sure. And our daughter says you have to have dark humor because you got to laugh at the hard shit sometimes. If you well, don't laugh, you're going to cry. The reason is, is that people who really put the focus on comedy, they're giving you something. Yeah. They're not, they're not trying to elicit. Uh, just laughter from you yeah. because they know what they think and they feel is more important than laughter. Yeah. Laughter to me is the easiest response to get from you. Because I know I'm going to get that, yeah. but I know it's without these other things that I make you think and feel the laughter is not going to be, I, I'm giving you less of a gift when I make you laugh. Sure. Right. So what well, comedy, that was always funny, but nah. and then, uh, uh, I joined the Marine Corps, you know. Yeah, yeah. After, How high, so school. You, after high school, you went into the Marine Corps. About a year later. I was a cabana boy. <laughs> I was selling. <laughs> oh, dude. My dad, rest his soul, he just died two weeks ago. I'm Sucks. sorry. I, I, did watch, um, I did watch that, too. I, wasn't gonna, yeah. I didn't know if you were ready to talk about that <laughs> or not. Oh, it's brutal. But uh, <laughs> he thought I was gay. And, uh, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should have seen me when I was 19. It was stop it. Yeah, oh, man. Stop it. I had bleach blonde hair. It looked the same. It was just longer, you know, and it just went up, you know, so not like gray, but pre vanilla. I take that back. <laughs> That's why I don't turn to the side because then you can see it. Ah, like, yeah. bling, bling. I'm like a silverfish. I used to sell. So <laughs> I have a funny. No, no. Because ice, ice, vanilla ice wasn't a person. Oh, not okay. known. I have a fucking hilarious vanilla ice story. So <laughs> at the Fountain Grant Fountain Gardens, uh, Greenway in 17. Because uh, okay, yeah. I couldn't get a job at the point where all my buddies were. <laughs> right. Greenway's because they were like all like bellmen and shit and breakdown people. And they were bigger than me. And I was like smaller with scoliosis. So I like, couldn't really like, pick shit up and, you know, uh, hustle like that. And uh, so I got a job selling Panama Jack suntan oil. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> which at the time was the best because they were the only yeah, ones using yeah, mink oil. Everybody, everybody that has, you know, they were uh, fucking killing now mink. Loves it. They were killing mink. They're selling the fur and taking the oil, just extracting the oil from these little fucking minks uh, because well, we it's know, the closest to human oil. So this, you know, and uh, put the, put the I mean, can you see skin. how well I did? I mean, I sold the shit out of that. Right. <laughs> My dad wasn't talking to me for at least a year and I lived in the house. You know, I'm his only son and he's a asphalt guy and he's, you know, he's a, He's a tough guy. Like He's a John a, Wayne style. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, and you're selling Panama Jack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> looking like I was. How you doing? And I come home one day, and I go, I got a job. 
and my mother she's cooking at the stove and my mother like stands on one leg and puts her that like that and she cooks like that you know <laughs> and she's like <laughs> like oh howard did you hear that he, his son got a job <laughs> he's fucking reading the paper you know this was a long time ago when they used to read the paper yeah <laughs> and he looks up and he's like where'd you get a job you know and i was like i got a government job and like boom look i'm getting goosebumps like that oh, his demeanor changed he is getting like, goosebumps. i am getting goosebumps oh yeah his demeanor Damn. changed I, I saw him in a way I hadn't seen him in months. My mother, just not even like computing it, yeah, goes, Oh, did you hear that? He got a government job. That's a, you know, and my dad goes, Son, what, what'd you do? And I go, I just signed my name. And oh, shit. he got up, and my mother goes, What? What? What do you mean you signed his name? You know, yeah. like what? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, um, I've heard those words. Knew. And I think it was my dad who goes, "What, Brad? Oh, yeah. He said something the similar baby. to that. And at the same time, my mother said, you gave my mother just blurted out like, please don't let it be the Marines. Oh, and whoops. I went, Semper Fi. Semper Fi, March, whatever it was, and I'm gone. And it totally fixed the relationship. Of wow. course. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, dude, what he said, what, is, what was your dad's reaction? When you... I, I mean, he was, we all, I think everybody, I, I don't know if I actually cried. I mean, I was so mad because yeah. I'm the kind of person where like, I just remember getting instantly mad that that changed yeah. both of their attitudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm just like, 100% understand. Oh, like what a weird thing. Right. You've been searching for that acceptance and then just because yeah. something you didn't want to do to begin with, now that acceptance is there. That's not Right. Yeah. And I, but I was not I didn't do it because I knew they would hate it. That was part of the benefit <laughs> I was getting out of it. You right. know what I mean? But I also knew that at that time, uh, the Marine Corps is the only thing that could have handled me and kept me you know, where I needed to be. Cause I was always like a smaller kid with a fucking attitude, you know? And uh -huh. my dad always taught me, uh, to defend myself. And so I was always getting in fights with Joe Curlin, the biggest fucking dipshit in school. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he was a big guy as I was a small guy and Just I had a fucking mouth on me, you know? And, uh, and, uh, so, I mean, everything was fine after that though. You know what I mean? They were real proud of me and stuff. And you did uh, how many years? I did four. Four years. But but here's so here's the funny thing. So I'm 130 pounds, scoliosis, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I signed up for the six-year QEP program, Quality Enlistment Program. Do you know okay. what that is? No. So you sign up for six years. They give you a, a you get PFC at a boot camp. You get to choose your duty station: East Coast, okay. West Coast, overseas, and your MOS. What? Yeah, and so I was like, well, Sign I don't know what I'm in. doing for six years. Let's do it. I'm getting rank and Korean shit. I mean, uh, a week before I go to boot camp, uh, I meet a, a black Marine in his uh, dress blues at the Devil House. Oh, Tempe Devil yeah. House. And I go to tell him who my dad's dad and his brother built the dance floor in the Devil House. Um, really? Yeah, and I tell this guy, I'm going next week. and Six years QEP. I'm going to be an MP. I'm going to Okinawa. 
and uh, get going to be a POC after boot camp. The guy goes, and they fucking got you. Uh, and I go, well, 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 what? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, being an MP blows. You're not going to be a police officer. You're going to be standing guard for a grunt unit yeah. at the perimeter. And if you're going to do that, just go be a grunt. And he goes, do you want to, you want to go to college or anything? And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to go to college. Well, I was like, no, he's no, like, no. you're not going to do that. And he said, uh, he said, go admin. And I was like, admin, like, what could I do there? And he's like, oh, you can do anything, you know, the computer, he goes, yeah. you can go to school for sure. So I was like, oh, and then he goes six years, dude, you know, a handful of people get PFC out of boot camp. Yeah. And, uh, and then he said, Okinawa is the worst fucking place you could possibly go to. <laughs> you know? Well, they, everybody knows you. Before you get there, they already know your name, your rank, where you're coming from. Yeah. All these Japanese chicks. like this. Oh, really? So my buddy used to tell me, he's like, dude, before I got there, I was, you know, landing, a bunch of chicks just waiting, and they're like, they know your name. And they wow. Know where you come from. I love how Japanese do, chicks, too, at the time. That? Yeah, that's the one reason I went. You know, I was kind of like, Okay. I heard they got a lot of Japanese chicks over there, you know? I'm and, sure uh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. I, I think that's about 50% of the population. But. I'm, I'm assuming they do. <laughs> and then, so I go in to my recruiter the next day, and I go, hey, I want to be admin. I want four years. And uh, Not be a uh, I want to go West Coast. And he goes, Okay, you're six years. You're going to be an MP, and you're going to Okinawa. Oh, and I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> and he goes, That's you can choose that. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you can choose to do that, and then we'll take over from there. And I was like, yeah. fuck. And he goes, and, shit. and then he tells me, he goes, there's a way out of this. And I was like, what? And he's like, uh, just finish um, Honor Man, and you'll get to rewrite your contract. And I was like, at the time, I was like, Oh, all right. Cool. I'll fucking do that. <laughs> I go in 11 weeks later. I weigh 162 pounds. Damn. Yeah. I graduate battalion honor man. I lost company honor man because I had broken my foot. And I, so I couldn't, I couldn't march um, in graduation. And so they, you know, the other guy got it. And, your little... and uh, oh, <laughs> dude, it was the worst, man. Just standing there on crutches. Yeah. Well, fucking. You still got a march. But I had been guide almost the whole time. No, not in graduation. Okay. Um, I had been guide almost the whole time. You know, they had fired me periodically just yeah. to give me a fucking attitude adjustment. You know? Right. But, <laughs> sure. But. Just to check you. Yeah. But nobody, you know, I mean, I held it the whole time. And, um. They t right there in that little room at MCRD where you're getting fitted for all the uniforms. They look goosebumps again. They take my service record and they put it right there and they go, what do you want? And I go, oh, one, five, one, four years <laughs> West Coast. And dude, almost out of nowhere, all fucking drill instructors all around me. Oh. You better be fucking, you better change that shit. Fucking uh, battalion honor man. I'm going to be a fucking pogue. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. We're gonna kill your ass, you know. Blah, blah. And I was just like, sir, no, sir. I knew I was graduated, you know. Yeah. And it was just like this guy told me in the club. He goes, "Go, admin. Chances are in the Marine Corps, you're gonna be stationed with a combat unit. Yep. So you'll get to do all the cool stuff, 
You just won't have to do all the cool if stuff. If you do, you could go and work and go aviation, and then you're fucked. Right, and, and that was the thing they didn't want to do either. Yeah. And then he goes, and every duty station is great in the Marine Corps. You know, even Okinawa is a great experience. Right. You know, it's just yeah. a different experience. And uh, everything this guy told me came true. I never fucking listen to people, right? Because I'm just, I'm committed to... I'm going to dig up. this hole. I'm going <laughs> to dig this hole. Let's see if, I, what's at the bottom of this hole. I've you know? literally said that about you 10 times to him. I said, <laughs> you can, and I, and I mean it very positively. I don't, because I am somebody, unfortunately, who has, you're right, gone with the flow just because it was like, it was an easier road to follow. You, <laughs> it is amazing to watch. And I, and I promise you that this is a compliment. Like it sounds like it to me already. You start to dig a <laughs> hole. Yeah. And you don't give a fuck what anybody else has to say. This is the hole that you're digging and nobody's going to tell you differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I appreciate that as a human being in this world. I'm not well, joking. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have. And it's a, and sometimes you're not going to be right in all this shit that you do. And we will but only, that's it. We'll only yeah. talk about it for one little second. But hold on I, real quick. I want just to mention that. Most people have an emotional connection to being right. Yeah. I don't have that. Like if, if it turns out I'm wrong, I just go. You ask everybody, prove me I'm wrong. Right. Please, okay. hey, please, um, please. Like who cares, right? Yeah, you I'm, say, it's not please, like I'm right all the I'm time. Wrong. But most of the time I'm right <laughs> because I put the thought and the feeling and the emotion into figuring out Right. What is the choice I can stand behind? And you only stand with conviction on the things that you find right. Right. And then when I find out it's fucked up, yeah. I go, Duh. and that's why, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't want to talk politics right now. But. Well, no, we, we don't have to talk <laughs> politics. We can talk whatever you want. We can talk about politics, except for every time we talk, start talking about politics, for some reason, that show gets Facebook removed from Facebook. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Isn't it? Isn't I'll it bet funny this how one that happens? Wouldn't. I'll bet this one would it. <laughs> um, that's why I can appreciate, like, I didn't want to, we don't have to talk about the series of events that's been going on with you for the last month or whatever, but I can appreciate that you are still very honest with everything that's been going on mm. on Facebook, right? Because I feel like as long as people know that even if it's fucked up, whatever it is, if you stand with integrity and you're going to tell your story, whether it's happy or sad or whatever, that's it's for somebody, you know? Well, and you have humor in everything, like for yeah. legit. Like yeah. you well, realize you have how to, fucked up stuff you is. You have to do shit like that. You have to be able to laugh at life. That's what a lot of people mm. think bad like uh, – Dia de los Muertos. Right. Dude, that's, that's shit to celebrate. Right. To fuck it. They died. They're giving the best food that they used to eat. And let's party because they're partying right now. <coughs> and people here is like so uptight about their custom and, and their beliefs. And I'm like, fuck, dude. It's not like that. That was the worst part, I think, with my dad. Is that, um, you know, he had his first quadruple bypass at 38. Wow. They brought us yeah. in. The priest. They read him his penance on her rights. He was gone. The dude has lived 37 years, whatever it was. Um, and his big thing was he just didn't want to die sitting down or in a hospital. Right. And um, every time he's had a heart attack since, he's been camping, hunting, doing something crazy. And, uh, and he ultimately died in a fucking hospital from yeah. a lung disease that uh. nobody knew he had. And, you know, to see a man like that who was, uh, you know, we're a lot alike. We're equal parts angry and happy. 
you know what I mean? And uh, both of those kind of, <laughs> they can live in the same space, you know? That's a and, beautiful um, thing to teach people. Like, well, yeah. it's pretty rough as a kid. But <laughs> no, but, but it's, that's, that's what we try to do. It can be pretty tough. <laughs> like I try to teach my kids that every day. Just because you're sad doesn't mean that you can't be happy tomorrow or yeah. even today. You know, well, you yeah. gotta move on. You can't fucking hold grudges and, and yeah, be, that's miserable. And when I thought like uh, Doug Stanhope, I think he wrote a book, and it was at least in a book, and he <laughs> talked about it. Where, um, Somebody will fact check it. No, later, but his but mother was dying, and they just had a party. And for, I think it was just him and Bingo and, and the mom, from what I understand, or maybe it ended like that and it was people before that. I don't remember. I, I mean, I didn't read them. This was all secondhand information. And they did whatever they did, drinking, drugs, whatever, told mm -hmm. stories, had a wonderful time. And yep. then she took whatever she took and died. Yeah. Like, that's so beautiful. Uh, and agreed. after seeing my dad and his dad died the same way, it's like, why couldn't, you know, instead of everybody just kind of holding, like, well, don't really talk about the fact that we now know it's over. Right. And we have this time left that we don't know. And we could spend it laughing and or we could spend it looking at each other, trying not to have that conversation, a happy experience. Right. right? And uh, I mean, the biggest uh thing for me was uh the night before he he you know passed out i was in there and i was talking about i was telling him about this job asked him if he ever if he knew how to change a hot water heater and uh <laughs> <laughs> and man he fucking started telling me how to change a hot water heater in a way that I mean, he was always down to tell me how to do something, right. <laughs> but I never, yeah. it was hard to listen because he, he had a way of talking. It felt like he was talking down to you when he was telling you how to do something. You know, it was never kind of like, well, yeah, son, here, this is how you do it. It was more like, now, God damn it. I've told look, you this a, three, four times. Look, right. there's two connections. It's up the fucking water goes in here and it comes out here. <laughs> what do you not about it? You know, and I was just always like. The red one is the fucking the hot. The blue exactly. one is the cold. Yeah, it was crazy, you know? And so, and my dad was the kind of guy, like, even my friends that I grew up with are still friends with him. Yeah. But I never had that friend, com that friend, uh, our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Although we were close, because he, he, he was never able to transition into, like, dad to friend. Yeah. You know, and a lot of dads. If, if they mm -hmm. have relationship with their adult kids, it's because they fucking now. And part of that part is whatever I was doing was not giving him the confidence that I was going to be okay. <laughs> right. You know what sure. I mean? He's like, like, for fuck's sake. Right. Like, he's where like, we, yeah. God damn it. You know, like I still have to teach this kid something because he's, yeah, he's, he's 32 and he's still, you know, whatever. Um, but he told me so precisely and calmly and he, he could hardly breathe and he could but you could tell i could tell the way he's looking at me and the way he's talking to me like he knew that that was going to be the last thing that he had any meaning that he taught me and he could tell me and honest to god normally in that situation i'd get frustrated and i'd be like okay i get it you know and i just 
man, I, I felt so relaxed and I was listening and I kept thinking to myself, like our whole lives could have been like this. Yeah. Right. This could have been every experience I've ever had with him. Right. And for whatever reason, because people are people, I'm me, he's him. My family are, is the family they are. It just never happened like that, but it happened at the very end. And that experience of just sitting there and listening to his voice and seeing his eyes and being, you know, his son and just listening. No, it's, it's fucking priceless, you know? And, uh, yeah. The, the last conversation we had with his mom before she passed away suddenly was being excited about us getting engaged. And it was this emotional wonderful experience that we would not have had would it have not been for that phone call that we made to her to be engaged we always thought about that had we waited a week we would have never had that wonderful conversation because situations whatever they are so i can totally appreciate that yeah the world's aligned so that experiences like that happen for you you know what it it totally it was it was amazing, and and when I get sad or frustrated, because the thing is, is your dad still alive? He's not really close. To oh, his you're not dad, close to your dad. But he was his mom was the one that passed. Well, whichever one, and you know, thank God my mom is still alive. Um, but the very first time that your dad dies, and the very first time after that, that your brain automatically thinks to call your dad to ask yep. him a question, and you it fucking. Lowers you, dude. It's... I tried to. Oh I wasn't called her for. He picked up the phone to call her for a recipe, ca- and roja, he's in the kitchen, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, and I was, I was gonna call my mom. I was like, because I always ask her for recipes. Some fucking like I like cooking. Yeah, and I was gonna go and I'm like. He was. He walked in circles in the kitchen, like he didn't. There was no way to finish that sentence. Yeah, like, like it was like he do? stopped in the mid sentence. Yeah. He didn't. It's one of those things I like. I think about where it's like, I, it almost feels like you're a fucking pioneer moving west, and somebody dies, and you just go, like, uh, and then you just go, I gotta keep moving. I gotta right? figure out like, how to get forward. It feels like I'm never gonna fully understand the fact that he's just gone, yeah. and that someday I'll be gone, and someday we're all just gonna be gone, yeah. right? And you just go, okay, here's the you know Part of life, the new yeah. normal now, right? Yeah. Um, but. I mean, there is comedy coming from it, you know, and uh, that's that's what that's what I was gonna ask you, um, but this motherfucker talks too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, need you. It's like this, this, <laughs> I was gonna ask you that the comedy comes from from a dark place. It's not from a happy place. Never. You turned a bitch around and said, "Fuck! I've been doing this through my life, and but I'm gonna turn it around and make it funny so I can." be in peace with whatever I have to do. I'm assuming I yeah. don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not that cerebral about it, about why it happens. I just know that, um, you know, situationally inappropriate thoughts come to me in the moment. You know what uh, I mean? Absolutely. It is just like, I have, I have <laughs> had my worst controlled, uncontrollable laughter. At yeah. Funerals. Like you're like, that's when it's like, you're, you can't control. But you don't laugh. Uh, 
I just laughed a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Well, we were there, How and uh, my sisters were around the bed, and my mom right next to him, and I'm in behind her with my hand here, and we're all there. And uh, <laughs> my mom says, you know, he's, he's, he's unconscious, you know. And my mom, you know, little tears in her eyes, and she says, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't give you that pork chop. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I'm behind her, like, <laughs> like, wow, some weird things come up in these situations, <laughs> you know? Like, That's your guilt? <laughs> and I go, <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't not get clarification, right? I couldn't just let her have that moment, right? Because I'm like, <laughs> what in the fuck is she talking about? Like, like what pork chop? Pork chops is- wasn't even one of his favorite things, you know? Oh, okay. And then I go, Mom, what's that about the pork chop? And she said, I said blow job. <laughs> and I was like, like, immediately, I, I didn't need clarification. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go, that's my family, Thanks, yeah. right? I remember, like, my. Oh, shit. Because we, they were always very, um, my dad expressed like love through, you know, like, I mean, always touching my mom. And so I picked that up, right? And my last relationship was like, you know, I remember when she was like, she wanted me to read the four love languages or something, right? And I just don't, (laughs) you know, to me, things aren't that difficult, right? And I go. Look, this is mine. I, I fucking yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? You fucking know, share and the will. Uh, but obviously, uh, if that's not, not yours, <laughs> that that you are yeah. deaf to that, right? <laughs> so and, you're gonna find someone who likes that shit. Right. No, not that. Yeah. No, because you're not attracted to somebody. Like it, like, no, stop it. You're not attracted yeah. to the same. You know same what, my type. girl? Now she does. You know, and she thinks it's cute and. Uh, and I like that. And because of that, it kind of brings this other stuff out in me. It validates. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, sure. And uh, um, so <laughs> about that about that joke, it was like, so this weekend I did a guest spot, and I told the joke about that, you know? And, and I told the pork chop and the blow job. And, and so, and then at the, at the end of the joke, I'm like, so, you know. Ladies, you don't, you never know when you're going to have right. another chance. You got to always give the last blowjobs. So, <laughs> so tonight, you know, if you make it home, you might not make it home. Yeah. yeah. You know, roads are hazardous and I, out there. I'm pretty sure everybody's like, standing there going, oh, dude. Uh, the crowd was like, so, because it was in Glendale, you know, a little older crowd. And yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have it. fun out there yeah. just because. They tend to be people that uh, don't want to be pushed sure. in their comedy, gotcha. you know. And uh, you uh, just pushed it. You like I pushed it. it. Yeah, and it, it, but it was a lot of fun because when you can get people on board, yeah. then they're like, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> uh, well, but like, don't you think though? Talk, even though you're doing it for to, for the humor of it, and you're yeah. trying to push the boundaries or whatever. But don't you think talking about it helps you? One hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, it's part of uh, so, what do they call it? Therapy, he, I guess. He had uh, and, and he died the way he lived, without a doubt. You know, and it wasn't like how he wanted to, but he he still went out his own way. He was he was unconscious for 
hours, day, you know, a day maybe. And, uh, you know, all the living people, the ants and people who come in and everyone's like, oh, well, he'll, he'll let go when, you know, when Howdy gets here. And so then I get there. Did you just he call yourself Howdy? <laughs> yeah, Howdy. That's what they call me. Howdy. Mm, good yeah. to know. Howdy. <laughs> I got it now. Good to know. Howdy. The only ones who call me Howdy. <laughs> and, uh, and so then they're like, you know, oh, well, you got to talk loud to him. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. And so and so then he doesn't let go. Right. And then. then Jokes you know, on you, chicks. So then, you know, like my sister will get up, you know, another hour will go by. And my sister gets close to him. And she's like, OK, you can go, Dad. Daddy, you can go. And I, like he was listening? Yeah, just like, yeah. nah, he doesn't go. <laughs> you know, then my other sister takes a turn another hour. And then, you know, my aunt and everyone's like, then my mom like finally gets in the bed, you know, mm-hmm. with him and lays down. And for like two or three hours, she just like, you can go. You can go. <laughs> like it just got to this point right? where like everybody was like, permission. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like we're no, hungry. No, like, like, and then they're coming. guessing like, well, he's probably waiting for his sister. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like, and that is exactly my dad. Just like I am. Right. Like, I don't care what the scenario is. You know, like if the house is on fire, it's well, it's going to burn, but there are things to do and we've got to get this out. We got to get that out. We got to do it. And no one's going to fucking tell me when to get out of a burning house, right. you know? And it's like, you know, it, it, it hurt me to see he was scared the night before because we're everyone's been planning for a catastrophic heart attack that he dies. And this dude survived head on collisions, heart attacks. Uh, I mean, it's, too, yeah, he, well, and that's ultimately what appears to kill him. He was a pest control guy in the Air Force in uh, Vietnam. And uh, we found out that two of the guys who were in his unit have the same lung condition. Yeah. No, we had no idea. We had zero idea. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, it was just one of these. Finally, it, me and my sister and some friends went to the main ingredient to take a break and have some cocktails. And because we we're like, this is going to be a long night. As soon as we ordered, they're like, call us back. No, it's it's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. We rush back. And, uh, you know, he's 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 at the end of it. But it was just a, a fucking a comedy of errors, right? Because he had a pacemaker and a defibrillator and they put a magnet on the pacemaker so that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, as he's dying, his pacemaker is working. And so it keeps shocking him and he's, (laughs) and everyone's like, what is going Turn on? Bitch <laughs> off. Yeah, like, this is crazy. It's like Peter not talking to Paul about what the fuck is supposed to be happening. Yeah, it was so nuts. And, and, and when he stopped breathing, his heart was still beating. Yeah. Damn. It was the weirdest wow. fucking thing. But like that, that's his way yeah. of going out. Right. And it's not going out at all. Yeah. It's like <laughs> one, from the day I had my first heart attack to right now, I've never given up. I've fought the whole fucking time, and I'm fighting. Yeah. No matter how uncomfortable it is for everybody, right? you're going you to have the same respect for me you've had my whole life because I don't fucking give up even when the chips are down. Yeah. And that's the thing I remember. My dad, when I was a kid, he had an asphalt company, and uh, 
three kids. He he had a Ford F-150. And, and there were days he would wake up and we'd, you know, in the summers, we would go to work with him essentially, you know, and be babysat in the <laughs> truck, you know. Um, and there were days he would go, he'd go downtown, he'd get a, a load of asphalt in the back of his truck and he'd just go to businesses and say, hey, I see the pothole in your thing. Can I fill that for 50 bucks? Yeah. And he'd just do that all day right. to make money. So that, you know, we had the things wow. that we needed and uh, a fucking a really cool and amazing, uh, hardworking, um, equally angry <laughs> and happy guy for sure, yeah. you know, and, and and he was happy. Right. But I think as huge guys, we don't, you know, we don't we take on a lot of stress you know and we like the the stress of responsibility but we respond to it you know with heart attacks or strokes or drinking <laughs> or, or whatever or jokes you know and my dad everyone thought my dad was hilarious you know um and he was he, just, he's, he had a very specific laugh and um it's, it's been about two weeks Three weeks, I guess. Weeks. It was the sixth on my sister's birthday. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. My you baby did it on sister. purpose too. Yeah, like, no. fuck it. You'll well, never you know forget. What? You'll never forget me. You fucking remember my shit. <laughs> you know, and, and obviously my sister was not stoked about it, but yeah. we talked about it. And man, like to me, that'd be the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, like he brings you in he to the world and he goes out on the same day. Yeah. Like, what? What could be cooler than that? Yeah, you know, stamp and deliver. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know, right? I can tell you that, like, anybody that knows me, like, and spends a lot of time with me, I'm a super big proponent of, like, energy. Mm. And the night we met you, I told him that he has a good soul. Yeah. And whether you say that about yourself or whether you don't. No, I, I do. Oh, good. But I, I also bad. know that I do a lot of things but that's to make not that about difficult your soul, for people to see. But that's not about your soul. That's not about your soul. <laughs> you have come through some shit, and then you don't like, you don't lay down when there's a fight. Like no. someone's coming at you, you don't lay down. And I appreciate that because there's so many people in this world that are like, world's too tough. They're coming at me. I'm not going to fight back. And I would hope that that, to kind of sum it up, is something maybe your dad taught you. 100%. Right? I mean, like, my dad, the, I remember, you know, certainly one of the first times I came home crying and I got beat up, you know, and, uh, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, the same thing he's teaching the Marine Corps, stunning blow. He's yeah, like, yeah. by the time you think you're getting in a fight, you should have already You should have already won it. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, and look, if these bullies are going to fucking fight you, they're going to do it. Yeah. Like, you've got to. You got to fight, right? Yeah. And uh, I was always, uh, you know, getting in fights with people that were bigger than me. Because one, I was a small guy. Me too. But he just taught me how to defend myself. And here's the biggest thing. I can't even believe I forgot to say this. My fucking dad, it seemed like every time I turned around, he was saving somebody's life. Yeah. He was stopping the car, leaving us in the car, and rushing to a fucking accident running into Lake Pleasant to help a woman in an overturned boat. Every 19th and cactus we were, and this is the kind of like 
I'm the same way with like the way I think about things that I'm sorry. There's no gray area in things that are risky and dangerous and right. There's right and wrong. And sometimes you do the wrong thing and just fuck it. You did the wrong thing. Accept it. You're going to be able to get over the fact that you accepted you did the wrong thing than trying to push away the fact that you did the wrong thing and not accept it. Right. And there was this little girl running across the street at the crosswalk and, um, and their light was green and this car stopped in the first lane to let her go on a green light. She must've been nine or 10. And my dad, we were behind him, getting goosebumps again. And my dad all just starts yelling and honking, you fucking asshole, go, don't stop. Because she immediately took off. And this lane had no idea why we were stopped still. Green light, she ran out. And this little girl just tumbling through the air. And she had a, a recorder and it was broken in pieces in the middle of the summer. And uh, me and my dad were the first ones there. And uh, she was crying. She had a she had a broken arm or a broken leg, and my dad was helping her. And that was the only thing that prevented that guy in that station wagon from getting his fucking ass handed to him. And my dad's just yelling at him the whole time while he's helping this little girl, you know. And I was just like, "Damn, yeah, <laughs> that's how you do it. Yeah. You can multitask. <laughs> right. You can hold someone responsible and yeah. save the day at the same yeah. time. You know, right. yeah, for sure. It was awesome." Yeah, and that's and that's something that at the end of the day, you like he always says, like he has so much more patience with our kids. Like for me, it's easier for me just to do it than to teach the lesson. Yeah, for real. Like it's easier for me just to clean up the mess instead of saying, "Here's the teachable lesson." And he has such patience in that understated, guilty way of, "For <laughs> fuck's sake, I've taught you this four times," and they listen, "Yes, dad," or whatever. But I hope that. <laughs> in the in 30 years when they're sitting there having a conversation about us that it's the same type of conversation you're having let me about ask you one right question now. i have questions about the fucking show the, i know this, i know we the got Bob to Rescue about, show. i know well, you, you guys go like i got all these fucking questions in my head <laughs> it's okay life life takes you life takes you down like, the like how, how was that show like they brought you back right yeah twice, right yeah so the first time how He's, is a fucking reality show are you friends with that dude no not very <laughs> nice about it. He, that boy that guy doesn't look he, he's too much way well. too much botox i mean you well, know it was part have of you the seen show? him now i mean it was part of the show that they wanted you know gotcha. yeah that's um, how reality tv is and we knew when we signed up you know like because they the production team comes out and they go okay who's gonna be the protagonist who's going to be the antagonist who's going to fucking do yeah. this and that which of your staff is like this and like that and so they're they're developing the show the whole time gotcha. right and so people go oh is it is it scripted it's not scripted like hey these are your lines but they script the whole show they know what and then they set it up yes. and then they say things to get the responses and the words that they need to write it into the show and, and so that's why I was mad the whole time. I kept going, this is fucking, shit. that's a lie. That's a lie. That's, no, that didn't happen. This is like, yeah. And then when the show came out and we had the big premiere party for it, uh, yeah. I mean, we all just sat there like, You're like what the? whoa, like it was filmmaking artistry. Yeah. Like shit from all sorts of days just brought into one 
coherent scene if, if like if you're just somebody watching you it you gotta wear the same shirt every day yeah, yeah every day it was this shirt this is my uniform shirt right. and uh uh you know at the end uh burger who was the main production guy i think he called me and he's like dude you guys are on tv it's That's a show gonna, it's gonna draw no matter just what. remember that yeah and he goes we put it together and uh just enjoy it and I was just like, <laughs> where is that? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, because we had problems that could have been addressed <laughs> and taken care of. Right. Yeah. Like, um, there were real problems with the amount of money we were bringing in. Not that we weren't bringing in money. I had to make 55 grand a month just to break even. Damn. And that's maybe me getting paid. Yeah. It's, it was insane. And because we didn't have a plan because I didn't have a plan to open a club. I was doing comedy. And some fans were like, we fucking love you. Let's do it. Let's club. open a club. Okay. I meet him. I meet Nathan for lunch at Stingray. I show him a plan that I come up with. Because he said, tell me, you know, let me know how much money you think we're going to need. And I said, 600000 And he goes, well, we're not giving you 600000 And I go, well. I mean, I'm sure I could do it for 300. It's just not going to be what as... I think it's going to be. And he goes, eh, we're not giving you three. Shit. And I go, well, well why don't you me? just tell me what you're going to give me then? Right? And he goes, we'll give you 100,000. Oh, a dick in my ass. Thanks. <laughs> I'd have still taken 100,000. Right. But, <laughs> but that's close offer. That's a pretty close offer. Why do you have to be a dick in your ass? I don't do that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Neither one of us do. Why are Neither you talking all three about of us it? Don't, by the way. <laughs> I don't go that way. Fuck. And uh, um, so they gave a hundred thousand. They, they controlled most of it, you know, which which I didn't agree with either. But it wasn't my money. And uh, you know, by the time we even started opening, we only had thirty thousand dollars to open up. Wow. Which is that's nothing barely an opening order you know what i mean and so we did a lot with nothing and we we came a long way uh, but um you know the biggest mistake i made i should have just charged uh you know 20 dollar tickets right out the box but at the time even the big clubs from yeah. most of them were under like 1750 or but what i should have done is had the ability the discipline to just go look if i'm charging 15 or 18 I'll be going out of business yeah. later yeah. than I will be if I, you know, if I keep it right here. But if I charge 20, I'm you know, good. I'll still be in business, you know. And it took a buddy of mine opening up a club and sharing with me, you know, his experience as I did mine with him to make me kind of go, God damn it. You know, my seat, my club was 180 people. And so I was thinking about it as like getting people in and selling them food and beverage, which is largely the club for these big clubs, right? That's why you get the phone call every week. Hey, you won free tickets again yeah. because you can win free tickets because they're really $5 when you get there and you're buying two item yeah, minimum. You're still spending a hundred dollars on free right. tickets. Right. And, right. and with, when you fill a place up, that's four or 500 people. And even if they're all free, you're making your nut alcohol. on the alcohol. Right. Yeah. And we just, we just weren't that big. Um, so, you know, but the new the new plan is is coming together, and uh, you know it will be everything that stand up Scottsdale was supposed to be. And but now I've got the experience. 
I know the numbers. Um, but you learn from that experience. Yeah. I'm a, uh, you had to learn. Yeah. Because you're I'm a, a wiser boy. person. Howdy. We're going to call you Howdy Doody. <laughs> right. He's we like, like no, you're so not. <laughs> the, se- the second time you went to uh, the show, the, what is the name of the show again? Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. You went there and you start giving, giving him shit like straight up. Well, you're dude. a fucking liar, you piece of shit. Well, but you. Well, you don't even see the whole thing. Okay. I mean, they just show you five minutes of what's going on. Okay. But I was in front of his audience, uh-huh. explaining all the dumb shit that he did. Right? Like in his shows, he's always like, "I added four chairs here. That's ten thousand dollars a chair. Forty thousand to your bottom line." Okay, dipshit. You <laughs> fucking took sixty out of my place. Yeah, that's that's all the money we did last year. You know, yeah. I the day they left, I had to go buy chairs. Yeah, to put in there because we had booze that they had that they had taken out and put in storage. Really? Yeah. And uh, so when they fix your place, what do they, they fix don't it fix it? it. You gotta they do don't the quotes if you're gonna say bogus. shit like that. Yeah, it's you gotta not. You say fix, fix. They don't with the air do quotes, anything you can't like see that. Me, but you fix. Yeah, because the first thing they do. Their budget is small. Okay. So they call up a bunch of, they, they come in, they assess what's going on. They think about what they can fix. And then they look for a contractor or a supplier of something to do that. That's why it's like, oh, this convection oven by so-and-so and so-and-so. That's all given, right? For the advertisement. Um, you know, with us, it, it was <laughs> just all over the place. Oh, this is median income here is 72,000, you know, a year and. Oh, what Scottsdale? Yeah, uh, and yeah, and but <laughs> what the fuck? And like so seriously, then you can't. Exp- mm. They take away our barbecue menu, which was very popular, and our hamburgers very popular, and uh, and they give us you know fried triangle macaroni's triangles, you know, and fucking fish sticks and goddamn chicken tenders, and I'm like, how dumb is this audience to not realize, you know the the difference between what you're saying and what you're doing. And, yeah. uh, you know, his, his comedy expert was a fucking hack. Uh, the guy that they brought in to be like, now this is a real headliner. I passed on him twice. Yeah. I never hired him to do the club. Right. And he's a fine enough guy, but, but, don't but you his think, comedy wasn't comedy that I enjoyed. Think they researched that and found out. No, somebody- no. Cause actually they, they asked a couple people that wouldn't come and do it. Right. Because I already had, some notoriety as far as like what kind of club we were, the way but I, I mean, felt like about to comedy. Throw, throw a knife at you, yeah. like to throw a knife at you. Like you don't think that they tried to make it like that would be the the negative in oh, the right. story. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like if course. they said, "Oh wait, he didn't want this guy here, so <sighs> hey, guess what? We're gonna bring this guy." So oh well, no, because I didn't know make... who that guy. Oh, okay. You know that guy was like. A guy who got fired from the improv, Hollywood improv, 20 years ago. I mean, he wasn't even really in comedy anymore, right? Right. And then, because the big thing was, like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I can have my headliner, you know, do it. It was Chris Porter at the time. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, why wouldn't they want to see one of my headliners? Yeah. Because they're trying to tell a story yeah. that I have shitty fucking headliners. Yes. My yeah. headliners competed with the biggest clubs here. Yeah. I'd put this weekend up almost week in and week out yeah. against whatever these bigger clubs had. Yeah. yeah. You come in. For the comedy and the experience that you're getting, it was it was worth thirty dollars. Do you know Vinny Fax? What's his name? Oh, Vinny 
Faximile? Faximile? No, I'll figure it out, but we'll talk to Vinny that. O'Shauna? No, no he's, Vinny Faximile. He was touring with Dane Cook. But I, I saw that. <laughs> you didn't see nothing. I, I actually, uh, you know, I was living in Mexico Back City line. when Dane Cook was uh, coming up. Okay. And so I really didn't, I didn't know much about him until I moved to LA, Hollywood in like 2005. And then at that, by that time, everybody in Hollywood was teaching, oh, we didn't ever answer that question, was teaching like what he does, okay. which is, I can't even remember exactly how it goes, but it's like a um, premise act out punch. So you, so you give people the premise of the joke uh-huh. and then you act it out. Okay. And then you fucking tell the yeah. joke. You know what I mean? And it's like, Maniscalco does a lot of that, you know, yeah. all the movement and shit. And it was just never, I was never a fan of that, right? I was always like, if you can't use your words to make comedy, yeah. you know, because do this other stuff someplace else. And I think that's why this kid is, I think this comedy. kid is yeah. still not, not, he's not with him anymore. No? No, but and I think that. Yeah, his name is Vinny Faxi, man. No, I know. Fax, it's Fastline. I, Fax. Oh, Fastline. I don't know him. I know the name, though. But yeah. he's, 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 he's pretty good, super, I think. Um, but I think that where it comes from is I he's younger. I told him bring him here. I know. He's, like, he's younger. Sure, bro. He answered me. Yeah. He's I didn't hungry. think he was going to answer. He's oh, hungry. He's hungry. Yeah. And he's funny yeah. and he's wounded. Like, he's had. He, his story is super. Like, I'm super funny, even though, like, it's fucked up. Like, he got he got cancer at 19. So he's mm. like, what? I I outgrew Make-A-Wish. Like, he couldn't get Make-A-Wish, <laughs> right. right? You know what yeah. I mean? And so, but he's he's not with him anymore. But that's because it's just a different type of comedy. But mm. he's a good kid. Good kid. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. No, and, we and love all that comedy. Too. Because here's the thing, right? Um, and Dane Cook isn't one of these persons. Uh, you know, uh, Maniscalco isn't like this either. But. The, the the industry now is pushing like these young guys who you know you watch their sets on tv and it's like i'm i look like this i act like this and i'm from yeah. this hometown and uh, and they're all the same sets and you can tell like these people don't have any thoughts that are fucking comedic right. you know like once they do their first get their first half hour they're not going to have anything else to say. Right. Right. And that, and it happens constantly in, in the, in the people that they push. Right. Um, and that's just a place where comedy's kind of gotten to. Right. Because, um, what would be the reason? You know, I, I don't know the reason, but you you hit on it in the beginning. People, too many people are getting offended. Too many people aren't saying the truth. They're just kind of living these blazo blase. But lives. also, too many people are doing comedy. True. That aren't true, 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 fucking true. funny, and they shouldn't be doing it, right? Like, fine, take a class. That's how I got into it. I moved to LA. I always wanted to do comedy. I didn't know how. I took a class. Uh, I was not good in the class <laughs> because what they do, like any class, they teach yeah. you joke structure and how to do this and how to do that and. I didn't want to do comedy like that, right? How do you like, teach somebody to be funny? That's it's weird. Because there is a joke structure, but it's just like if you've ever seen a comedian just up there telling their jokes, like I would always say, if I can't take your, your best 15 minutes away from you and you can still make people laugh, you're just not a comedian yet. Yeah. You're, you're a hobbyist. Uh, 
and which there's some uh, angst around that fucking word. <laughs> and uh, um, but that's it. You're you enjoy comedy. You're you think you're you can do it, but you can't. Right. You and it doesn't matter that people keep laughing at you. Right. You you're you don't you're having no integrity to being a comedian right now. Right. Because you don't know that you're not doing it. Well, I I firmly believe that you have been through the ringer <laughs> since I mean uh, we've known you for a long time now. Yeah. And uh we all learn with experience, right? Yeah. Or we we have to. We kind of like have to know. And shit, you've been doing comedy for a long time. I mean, yeah, uh, fuck, I have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to start like a comedy tour uh -huh. where I get like known comedians out and just do comedy against them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be funny. Yeah. like prize comedy. Like you just show up and it's like. Do like a battle round. Yeah. You know I mean? like, just just, <laughs> right. open, that, just but, open that new place that you want to open. And but I'd start funny. out by explaining why they're not funny first and yeah. why their jokes are getting over on you. Absolutely. Right? Like. <laughs> And then, yeah. You outsmart them. Now you can see why I'm not doing any of well, that. Well, no, it's a, your, new, your new club can be called Outsmarted. Right. Outsmarted. Like, I'm going to yeah. outsmart you. Well, that's... A, the, and that's kind of it, you know? Like, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why, you know, I don't get on these shows here. <laughs> um, a lot of it was my attitude during the club, you know? Because I just didn't, I didn't give a shit none of these other clubs meant something to me it was like yeah you know um and i was pretty adversarial i think primarily because of like i hated the business part of it that they were doing to get people in to see people that i knew weren't strong headliners yeah. you know yeah. and and were faking the fucking comedy funk you know and um you know and i think i just developed a style that's not conducive to like these kind of clubs because they're not real comedy clubs. Sure. You can be a comedian, you can produce a show there for them and they'll let you do that, but they're not grooming, you know, and, and I mean, I have friends that, that do the clubs and I'm, eh, this is going to sound like I'm saying they're not these people. They are, uh, there are some thoughtful comedians that are pushing the bounds of comedy but they're doing it within the parameters that they know these clubs mm -hmm. want them right. to do right you're, yeah, you're pushing the boundaries that, they're right that, themselves they're customizing well, right. themselves to and i would say yeah and i would say that forever and ever like as long i mean i i know i haven't known you since you were a child but <laughs> as long you've always pushed the thought process you push the boundaries you always say you want people to think for themselves, even if they're going to fight you on your opinion, as long as they're thinking for themselves and coming to right. you with what they believe to be fact and not something that's regurgitated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. How about right. we wrap it up? I know. Right? We can eight, talk eight, for like an hour No, you're the longest one. I know. Let me tell you but, one oh. more story about my dad. Yes, absolutely. I'm not and this is exactly who he was. <laughs> one day we're working and uh, we're in the Ford and he is, uh, He's driving and he's just, he's fucking going through it, right? Is that white? Yeah, he's white. And, uh, and, no. and he's, he don't and he's, look white. And he's fucking like, and I could tell, like, I better not say anything, you know? And I was, at the time, I must have been 11 or 12, you know? And, uh, all of a sudden I can see, like, tears welling up in his eyes. 
And I'm just like, I don't want to talk. Because I never, like, I'm a crier. You know, like, if I feel like crying, I'll cry. Yeah. And I have no problem with it, you know? Like, I if you've never ugly, gotten your ass way. beat by somebody who's crying, you've never gotten your ass beat. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And that's the I fucking thing. Like, <laughs> you think I'm weaker because I'm crying? You think I'm weaker? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I know something's up. And we pull up in front of this guy's house. And he's just turns the car truck off and he's just and I'm like, I feel like goosebumps again. And I'm like, Dad, what what are you what are you doing? And he's just fucking people. Sometimes they just don't you know, fucking care. You know, care that you have a family, your kids, and, and he's starts losing it. And I'm like shit because i've never seen him like that you know and he, and he goes stay here and he gets out of the truck and he pulls up the seat which is a bench seat and so i'm like yeah. and he pulls the shotgun out of the oh, truck fuck. and uh fucking walks up to the door and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> and he comes back like <laughs> like, <laughs> and he gets in the truck, and he's got a load of money. Damn. And fucking nothing, you know. We don't say a word to each other, right? And that was the last of it, you know. And but that was the business he was in. Guys would have you do work, and they wouldn't pay you. And okay. he had just fucking had it right. He has three kids. He has yeah. a wife who, who my mother. Worked her whole fucking life, you know, for us. And uh, and that's the day I realized, like, this is a fucking serious dude. Yeah. Right? Like, but that's oh, life. I'm gonna we didn't even test the fucking sound. Coming in hot. Test. No, we're on. We're on. We're live. Hey, Woo! thank you again for being at the Rogue Interview Show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the Rogue Interview shit show today. Today is going to be a shit show just because... Shit happened. Part of yeah. being rogue is being late. Yeah, right? exactly. I like that. Exactly. See? I like yep. that. Fucking rogue. Yep. <laughs> we Going rogue. I literally <laughs> walked in the house seven minutes ago. It was like, okay, I'm here. Let me eat. Have something. But so much. I hear the voice that was over there, Jones. Turn it down, baby. You're yeah, gonna be you feedback. should have said I was going to be on it. I've I, got thousands of people on my page. I, dude, I'm telling you, I, I forgot that. Well, you know what? Hey, yeah. Post it. There you go. Yeah, dude. yeah. Well, we can do that. <laughs> how come I have to come up with these ideas? Right. Well, because I don't have the ideas. I'm just a pretty face. Oh, <laughs> sure. What? Um. You're like what pretty face? Well, <laughs> maybe with your other guests you are. But, uh, <laughs> Not now. You are. <laughs> You're in second yeah. place now. You are in the back seat of the pretty face car. Right. All right. Uh, so what do I post here? Uh, the rogue interview show. Um, the ro- do you want me to type it for you, sir? The Rogue. <laughs> R-O-G-U-E. Interview show. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But I can tag you, right? Yes. Uh, you should be able to. At, you can at. Let me see here. Right now. We are uh, obviously <laughs> experiencing some heat. 
he didn't know shit. Um, we went through like. Okay, so why are you so wearing? I'm tagging. Yes. And then it's also the Rogan interview show. Can you tag yeah. Paco Baltazar too. Paco. Paquito el guapo. El, mira este. Dice nada yeah, por el yeah. Rogue. Pepper dice no tiene nada. <laughs> rogue. Do you put at the Rogue? But you don't have a Facebook page for this? I do. Put yeah. At, put at the Rogue. Just like that. The Rogue interview. <laughs> this is so interesting. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Huh? Maybe just right in here. Rogue. But we are trying to I figure thought, it out. I thought, ro- I thought ads were uh, Facebook or uh, ro- Hey, Instagram. we're getting there. Show. Yeah. There you go. Mm. What the hell? It's not there. I don't know why it's not there. All right. Well, we'll just post it. Yeah. Is, is the location maybe? Should I location it? No. Yeah, we should have it right. No. Do you do this one? I did this that guy? one, yeah. Work? Mm-mm. That's uh, crazy. We're going to have to start over again. Rogue no. Interview Show, right now I'm on. No, no, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's rogueinterviewshow.com, or that's on Facebook. The yeah. Rogue, the Rogue that's so crazy. Yeah, dude. Let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try it. I have good hands. How many people do we have on here? How many? Right now? Anybody? Yeah. 17. Hey, 17 people. How are you? Right? You can introduce yourself, brother. There you I'm go. doing this. All right. <laughs> Uh, my name is Howard Hughes. And, the uh, Howard Hughes. Yeah. The. I was going to say the. The. Yeah. The. Not just anybody. El, el gran señor. Sí. Howard right. Hughes. Sí. And uh, I met these guys through a comedy club that I used to own. Stand yes. up Scottsdale. Yes. You might recognize us from Bar Rescue. Yeah. Did you find it? Oh, I did. But hold on. He has to like it probably. And then back. I see you. Hold on, man. Son <laughs> of a bitch. You want me to edit that? Yeah. <sighs> so okay. now what do you want to so put in there? This is super cute because what they're doing is they're trying to make it so that it goes Go live on, on Howard's page, too. Yeah. Let, me, let me type that one. I will tell a quick story, and everybody can just look yes. at your pretty faces. Yes. So, Paco, oh gosh, how many years ago did you have the club? So six years ago? Seven years ago? I mean, yeah. Maybe even longer? So... He surprised me for one night to go out to a comedy club, and we stayed in Scottsdale. And we went to your club, not Stand ever knowing you. Yep, not ever mm-hmm. knowing you, not knowing Bar Rescue, even though that was a show that we used to watch. And my son freaked out after he found out that you were on Bar Rescue. He loved it. Um, and you were amazing. Like, we walked in, and we were, you were so, not just funny, but the whole atmosphere and everything was amazing. And then, oh, then when you went <laughs> to that other place, <laughs> They're still trying <laughs> to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking eye doesn't let me see. What the? For real? Good. Dude, that's dumb as So did you f- add it? Did you add me? Yeah. The phone is over there, but <coughs> I'm the one who's doing everything. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Tell you when I send it, a, when I turn it into podcast, we'll, we'll tag you. Yeah. We'll tag you. There you go. You can always share it, too, on your page, and then it'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. 
So unprepared. So unprepared. Such a marine thing to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What happens to the improvise, adapt, and overcome? See, that's us. I know. So why that's isn't it? Uh, and you liked it. Yeah. So, oh, can I? Um, oh, you could do that. I, well. Uh, oh. Probably like that. Right post. Oh, there you go. He's so smart. Yes. See, he turned into a marine. Yeah. To improvise, adapt, and overcome right away. I improvised, <laughs> I adapted, <laughs> and, and I, I overcame. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Wait. I have boys no. are really bad at multitasking. So, All right. there we go. Okay. So, that night that we went and saw you at your, what did you say? Stand up Scottsdale. Stand up right? Scottsdale. Yeah. So, you, it was really funny because it was supposed to be like this night out for me that he was taking me out. And then the two of you became like fast friends, <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> started speaking Spanish, started <laughs> speaking soldier Spanglish. talk and all of that stuff. So, but that was forever ago. And I feel like we've been just kind of following you ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have always been great support. That's cool. Yes. That was the best part about the club is, is not just getting like passive pe people who passively came out for a comedy show. Right. Because that is what all of these local clubs are there you go you sit down you leave yeah there isn't and they're fine experiences on their own right but there is no place where you can go and see comedians that you've seen before and they're just hanging out whether yeah. they're going up or not yeah. or people hanging there they're, they're fans guests who came and then they have their favorites and they're talking to them over in this corner or out on the patio or in the side room or yeah. there isn't a culture of comedy here there's a there's a a show culture yes and it's missing the club yeah you know well and, and that's what is is missing like you say that's what is missing the the contact with the people they're, they're going yeah. back and say shit they're paying a lot of money to come and see my ass yeah you know what's going on so and, and that's the thing right the thing about a, a a bona fide comedy club, uh, you know, cause here any club you can go to the bigger clubs, they'll have, uh, the headliner who is generally known. It's a, you know, a famous comedian as far as comedians go yeah. and they'll have a meet and greet and that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is also cool, but that's still also a very prescribed experience. You know what I mean? And if you go there and see a comedian you don't know, you kind of go, yeah, that person was wrong. You know, yeah. like, oh, that was right. Because they're, they're, your knowledge of them doesn't fill the room. Correct. Right. Cause you're like, oh, why is this person funny? I didn't see them in this. I didn't see them in that or whatever. Yeah. And that's what a real comedy club does. Yeah. And that was my goal is once I've taught people to understand when you come to this club, like, we're not getting over on you comedically. You need to see the people that I book. Oh, good. Right? They are what's happening in comedy, even if you don't know them. Yeah. And that way, people could come. I had it all the time. Look, I came just because they were here. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that you weren't going to put some fucking hack up and yeah. just you make us laugh, right? We're right. going to have an emotional reaction to the person that you bring up. Well, I like that the girl that we saw that night um, – I, st I, have, I have pictures with her in my phone. Like, she was outside hanging outside with everybody after the show was, was. done. We have a picture. Well, you, you were wearing funny too. glasses. You hey, were those were my glasses. 
My glasses. They're in the car. They're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say funny glasses? Wow. Well, <laughs> not supposed to be funny. Yeah, those well, were, those it, was my a, it was a shtick, right? It was a shtick. The signature glasses. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but then she was wearing the glasses, and then I was wearing glasses, and it was like it was. We walked away from that and followed her then on social media, and then we started saying, "Hey, when is she coming back into town?" And mm-hmm. we had no idea who she was before that, but yeah. because you created an atmosphere of. <clears throat> We all belong together, and we all had this experience. We all went through this funny little thing together. It, I think, I appreciated it more. Yeah, yeah. in my opinion. I, I got slammed a lot by you know like just people, other comedians, not comedians really for this, but like <laughs> because they like people would say, "Oh, it, yeah, but like shit could go off the rails at your place." Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. when it's that's, the best. That's life. That's a fucking comedy experience, yeah. right? Like I don't want to fill the fucking club with people who came out with an expectation of what they're going to see. Right? right. And of course I wanted everyone to be safe and you know, but to have some unexpected explosions, right. You know, like that made it yeah. all worth going into. Like my biggest fear was going in and seeing some comedian do their fucking road bits. And I just stand in the back, just with my head about to explode, yeah. you know? And if they did that on Thursday, I'd be like, those jokes right not happening yeah. the rest of the weekend well, you know what i mean and like, i really on, liked man. that every time we saw somebody in uh one of your clubs it was always everybody was catering to the audience talking to the audience going through what what happens in arizona or what happens in their life the funniest comedians are the ones that have the shittiest lives it seems like you know what i mean they have st- <laughs> it's so funny though well it would appear to be correct <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I'm not a comedian. I have the shit. But, t- <laughs> but let me tell you a dirty secret of comedy. Cause that's crowd work is like one of the easiest things you can do because, uh, it looks cool. Yeah. You know, it sounds cool. And, and I, I'm a, I'm a fan of real crowd work. I'm not a fan of most of the crowd work people do. You know, I, I'd get this from, uh, you know, a couple times I fucked up on headliners and you can always tell when a headliner is going to be shitty because they come into town and they're like, hey, so uh, what's like the place where like the poor white people live? What's that called? And then they you know, oh, go to the comedy spot. Every single person has a fucking a- Apache Junction right. joke. And it's just like if somebody's told one of those jokes, I'd be like, dude, this is. This is not for you yeah. if, if that's what you're doing here. Yeah. You know, like if you didn't at least hear that when you come here, you've got to yeah. be original. And yeah. fuck, I like like because I was the type I wouldn't care if somebody was being original and nothing was happening and the audience wasn't getting it. Right. Yeah. If they were just like. Yeah. What, what, what? <laughs> um, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> because as long as they're sitting there yeah. and not leaving. Yeah, they're still having an experience, right? And it's not the one they anticipated, and you're you're hoping that okay, this, this is what I always say, like, uh, you know, so you're from Mexico. I lived in Mexico, Mexico City, Hermosillo, Mexico. I had my very first girlfriend when I was in the core, um, Carla Beatriz Espinosa Rosa. Hernandez de Dios. She took me to my first bullfight. Okay, and that's. That's how I see comedy, right? You talk to most comedians and they're like, well, I just want to make people laugh. And as long as the audience is laughing, it's funny. And, um, you know, there's 
some truth to that on its face. But the reality is, is people will laugh at fucking anything yes. almost that they paid to laugh at. Yeah. And they'll sit there and they'll laugh and then they'll leave and they'll be like, those jokes were dumb as fuck, yeah. you know, yeah. like I just listened to another grown person tell jokes that I would tell if I had told jokes about that, you know, <laughs> and that's and so I loved I hated that clown aspect. You know, I'm not a laughs per minute comedian, right? I'm a control guy like. The longer you sit there not laughing and listening and you're interested, like the more I'm just like, oh, my God, when I fucking hit them with a joke, like they're so ready. They're so ready to hear this joke, you know, but they've had they've they've held on to the confidence of like, no, no, you can. I, I just know this guy's going to pay this off. Yeah. You know, I'm holding on because he's getting us to where we're going, you know, yeah. and uh, then sometimes you don't. And that's still a comedic experience, right? <laughs> right? So I never, I never stress out about, oh, they're not laughing or, man, I need a laugh now. I need a laugh now. I need a laugh now because I like the story. I like the control. And, you know, to me, it's not a clown experience. It's not, I made you laugh. I won. To me, it's like, you're a matador. I knew where you're going with yeah. that, and it just didn't get there. I was thinking the clown. He's talking about the clown in the barrel with the yeah. bull. Oh, do you, do you see it. how my comedy works? I got it. I she got was on it. it. See? She was. I am on it. Why? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a thinker. I, I, I was waiting for the fucking matador with the tie jeans and stuff. Right. No, I, I kept saying it's the some this clown suit. aspect. I and, got it. And that's the thing, right? Because the matador, he gets all dressed up. He gets his shit. The picadores come out, the fucking jousting guys come out, and then he gets out. You know, all those guys are his openers, the host, and then he gets out and just. Okay, that worked. Right? Fuck, that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bring out the clowns. <laughs> better figure something out real quick, you know? Like, yeah. Oh. And that is, that is uh, to me, the relationship between the comedian and the audience. It's like, this is going to be dangerous. If I do my job right, I'm dangerous, right? right? Because a matador could easily stay very far away from the bull. Yeah. And if he did that, the place would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. they would kill the matador, right? right. All the people. In a comedy club, it doesn't do that. Comedian, <laughs> uh, comedy audiences today are just fucking, they're not smart, you know, because they've been trained in this PC culture to be offended and to let people know when yeah, they're offended. Yeah. And the only reason you should come to a comedy club Thick skin. is to learn some new shit. Yeah. Right. Because I don't care what you want to hear a joke about. Right. Cause I didn't know you before you got here. Right. But here's some shit that I want to talk about. And yeah. then I start talking about it. And when you can bring people on board, to something that's real instead of just a fucking stupid joke. They just, they see you differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. you're a good person. Yeah. You're yeah. a smart person. You're a funny person. You're, you're a real. caring you're person. A person. Sometimes you're a dick, yeah. right? But, but they like start, you. Yeah. Well, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who the comedian was, but he said that he was getting out of stand up because everybody wants you like they want to go to a concert. They want to sing the songs that they know on the record. So they want to listen to the same jokes that you tell on your HBO special or whatever special it is. And so it, that's how comedy has become. They don't want to hear the new jokes. They want to laugh at the same fucking jokes that they told, they heard on that special. Yeah. How, how do I, 
Okay, if I want to get into comedy, how do I? What's the first step other oh, than dude. other than other than being? Because a lot of people watch it. They say, oh well, I want to be a you know a comedian. How yeah. Do, how do you get into that market? How do you tap that? Shit? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. For me, um, you know, I always thought it was funny, but I wasn't like the class clown. And anytime I tried to be funny, like in a, if I went out for a play or something like that, you know. Um, I never got funny parts. Uh, I mean, I, I was only in, I was in two plays. Well, one was a TV series up at NAU and the other one was a, a play at GCC. And, uh, but anytime, you know, I tried to be funny, like people were always like, I don't get it. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Luke, you know, <laughs> like my best friend, he's a funny guy, but he's, you know, he's just a naturally funny dude. Um, but I was also the kid who. Like I always say, like I'm the Edgar Allan Poe of comedy, right? Like I loved when I first started reading Edgar Allan Poe, I was like, this fucking fuck. dude's funny, man. Yeah. Like yeah. this is Dark. like creepy yeah. and yeah. funny and scary and funny. And you know, it's like the Mexican comedians. He's dude, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I like. You know, I like, you know, I had a stroke. Boom. <laughs> as soon as I could talk properly, I started telling jokes about a stroke. I had to put down my dog. A Rottweiler yes. broke my fucking heart I remember that. and I told the joke and I'd have people stand up before I even got to the joke. Right. I'm telling the story. I'm like, I fucking love animals. Fuck you. And I'm like, okay, weirdo. Like <laughs> that's what this joke is about. Yeah. It's about how much I love this dog. Right. So sit down, yeah. get yeah. out of yourself and fucking listen to this fucking joke I prepared. Right. Right. Because to me, it's like, if I can make you cry or make you angry or make you have a fucking feeling that's contrary to, or a thought contrary to what I'm putting out there right now, then I've got you in the place where I need you to then hit you with this joke that I have coming. Right. Yeah. And so you'll hear a bunch of people locally. And say, oh, like, yeah. you, you people know, shouldn't you have cry. some non-fans. You yeah, have some non-fans. Oh, yeah. like, and I love it because we've been friends with you on Facebook since you probably had to get like cut off on 5,000 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, I know. It was so funny. But like, I read some of your posts and I'm like, he is baiting them on. Like, he's like, you these people are going ape shit. And he's like, okay, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. Oh, you want me to say this? This. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it because I can see that you're baiting them on and these people are so fucking whack job that they're like, what the heck are you I got to tell you that I don't feel like I'm baiting them on. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just telling people they're fucking morons. Yeah. And look, so, some of them are my family. Sorry. I've been a fucking moron several times in my life. Yeah. I'm just not right now. Right. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're being a fucking moron and you're the only person who has control over that. Right. <laughs> do real. what you want to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. And our daughter says you have to have dark humor because you got to laugh at the hard shit sometimes. If you well, don't laugh, you're going to cry. The reason is, is that people who really put the focus on comedy, they're giving you something. Yeah. They're not, they're not trying to elicit uh, just laughter from you yeah. because they know what they think and they feel is more important than laughter. Yeah. Laughter to me is the easiest response to get from you. I know I'm going to get that. Yeah. But I know without the these other things that I make you think and feel, the laughter is not going to be, I, I'm giving you less of a gift when I make you laugh. Sure. Right? So, well, comedy, that was always funny, but nah. And then, uh, 
Uh, I joined the Marine Corps. You know. Yeah, yeah. After, How, high, so you, school. after high school, you went into the Marine. Corps. About a year later, I was a Cabana boy. <laughs> I was selling. <laughs> oh, dude. My dad, rest his soul, he just died two weeks ago. I'm so Sucks. sorry. I, I, did watch, um, I did watch that, too. I, wasn't gonna, yeah. I didn't know if you were ready to talk about that <laughs> or not. Oh, it's brutal. But uh, <laughs> he thought I was gay. And, I uh, can see that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you should have seen me when I was 19. It was, Stop it. Yeah, oh, man. Stop it. I had bleach blonde hair. It looked the same. It was just longer, you know, and it just went up. You know, so not like gray, but Pre-vanilla. I, take that back. <laughs> That's why I don't turn to the side because then you can see it. Ah, like, bling, bling. I'm like a silverfish. <laughs> oh, dude. I used to sell. So I have a funny. No, no. Because I, I, Vanilla Ice wasn't a person. Oh, not okay. known. I have a fucking hilarious Vanilla Ice story. So at the Fountain Grant Fountain Gardens, uh, Greenway in 17. Because uh, yeah. I couldn't get a job at the point where all my buddies worked. <laughs> right, Greenway's Because they were like... all like bellmen and shit and breakdown people, and they were bigger than me, and I was like smaller with scoliosis, so I couldn't really like, pick shit up and, <laughs> you know, uh, hustle like that. And uh, so I got a job selling Panama Jack suntan oil. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> which at the time was the best because they were the only yeah, ones using yeah, mink oil. Yeah, everybody, everybody that has, you know, they were uh, fucking killing now mink. loves it. They were killing mink. <laughs> They're selling the fur and taking the oil, just extracting the oil from these little fucking minks uh, because well, we it's know. the closest well, we to human oil. So this, you know, and uh, put the, put the I mean, can you see skin. how well I did? I mean, I sold the shit out of that. Right. <laughs> My dad wasn't talking to me for at least a year and I lived in the house. You know, I'm his only son and he's an asphalt guy and he's, you know, he's a, He's a tough guy. Like He's a John a, Wayne style. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, and you're selling Panama Jack. <laughs> oh, looking like I was. How you doing? And I come home one day, and I go, I got a job. And my mother, she's cooking at the stove, and my mother like stands on one leg and puts a, that like that, and she cooks like that, you know. <laughs> and she's like, <gasps> like, oh, oh, did you hear that? <laughs> His son got a job. <laughs> He's fucking reading the paper, you know. This was a long time ago. When they used to read the paper. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks up and he's like, where'd you get a job, you know? And I was like, I got a government job. And like, boom, look, I'm getting goosebumps. Like that. His demeanor changed. He is getting like, goosebumps. I am getting goosebumps. Oh, yeah. His demeanor Damn. changed. I, I saw him in a way I hadn't seen him in months. My mother... Just not even like computing it. Yeah, goes. Oh, did you hear that? He got a government job. <laughs> and, uh, and my dad goes, Sean, what what'd you do? And I go, I just signed my name. And oh, shit. he got up, and my mother goes, What? What? What do you mean he signed his name? You know, yeah. like what? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, I've heard those words. Knew. And I think it was my dad who goes. Oh, yeah. He said something the similar baby. to that. And at the same time, my mother said, you gave my mother just blurted out like, please don't let it be the Marines. Oh, and whoops. I went, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Uh, March, whatever it was, and I'm gone. And it totally fixed the relationship. Of wow. course. And, uh, and then uh, 
Yeah, dude. What did he say? What, did, what was your dad's reaction when you? I mean, he was. We all. I think everybody. I don't, I don't know if I actually cried. I mean, I was so mad. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person where like. I just remember getting instantly mad that that changed yeah. both of their attitudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm just like, 100% oh, understand. like what a weird thing. Right. You've um, been searching for that acceptance. And then just because yeah. something you didn't want to do to begin with. Now that acceptance is there. That's right. Yeah. And I, but I was not, I didn't do it because I knew they would hate it. That was part of the benefit <laughs> I was getting out of it. You right. know what I mean? But I also knew that at that time, uh, the Marine Corps is the only thing that could have handled me and kept me, you know, where I needed to be. Because I was always like a smaller kid with a fucking attitude, you know, and uh -huh. my dad always taught me uh, to defend myself. And so I was always getting in fights with Joe Curlin, the biggest fucking dipshit in school. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a big guy. I was a small guy and Just I had a fucking mouth on me, you know? And, uh, and, uh, so, I mean, everything was fine after that though. You know what I mean? They were real proud of me and stuff. And you did uh, how many years? I did four, four years but, that. but here's, so here's the funny thing. So I'm 130 pounds, scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I signed up for the six year Q QEP program, quality enlistment program. Do you know okay. what that is? No. So you sign up for six years. They give you a, a, you get PFC at a boot camp. You get to choose your duty station, East Coast, yeah. West Coast, overseas, and your MOS. What? Yeah. And so I was like, well, Sign I don't know what in. I'm doing for six years. Let's do it. I'm getting rank and Korea and shit. I mean, a week before I go to boot camp, uh, I meet a, a black Marine in his uh, dress blues at the Devil House. Oh, Tempe Devil yeah. House. And I go to tell him. Who my dad's dad and his brother built the dance floor in the Devil House. Um, really? Yeah. And I tell this guy, I'm going next week in six years QEP. I'm going to be an MP. I'm going to Okinawa. <laughs> and uh, get going to be a POC after boot camp. And the guy goes, and they not. fucking got you. Uh, and I go, well, 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 what? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, being an MP blows. You're not going to be. A police officer you're gonna be standing guard for a grunt unit yeah. at the perimeter and if you're gonna do that just go be a grunt and he goes do you want to you want to go to college or anything and i was like yeah i definitely want to go to college well, i was like no, he's no, like no. you're not gonna do that and he said uh he said go admin and i was like admin like what could i do there and he's like oh you can do anything you know the computer, he goes you can go to school for sure so i was like oh and then he goes six years dude you know, a handful of people get PFC out of boot camp. Yeah. And uh, and then he said, Okinawa is the worst fucking place you could possibly go to. <laughs> you know? Well, everybody knows you. Before you get there, they already know your name, your rank, where you're coming from. Yeah. All these Japanese chicks. like they're, Oh, really? They're my buddy used to tell me. He's like, dude, before I got there, I was, you know, landing. A bunch of chicks just waiting. And they're like, they know your name. And they wow. Know where you come from i love japanese I chicks too at the time that. yeah that's the one reason i went you know i was kind of like okay i really got a lot of japanese chicks over there you know i'm and, sure uh, they do <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think so yes i, I think that's about 50 percent of the population but. I'm, I'm assuming they do <laughs> and then 
So I go in to my recruiter the next day and I go, Hey, I want to be admin. I want four years. And, uh, uh, I want to go West coast. And he goes, okay, you're six years. You're going to be an MP and you're going to Okinawa. And I was like, I'm not going. And he goes, (laughs) you can choose that. (laughs) Yeah. He goes, you can choose to do that. And then we'll take over from there. And I was like, fuck. And he goes, and then he tells me, he goes, there's a way out of this. And I was like, what? And he's like, uh, just finish, um, honor man. And you'll get to rewrite your contract. And I was like, at the time I was like, oh, all right, cool. I'll fucking do that. (laughs) I go in 11 weeks later. I weigh 162 pounds. Damn. Yeah. I graduate battalion honor man. I lost company honor man because I had broken my foot and I, so I couldn't, I couldn't march, um, in graduation. And so they, you know, the other guy got it and, uh, oh, dude, it was the worst man. <laughs> just standing there on crutches. Yeah. Well, fucking you still got a march. But I had been behind. guide almost the whole time. No, not in graduation. Okay. Um, I had been guide almost the whole time, you know, they'd fired me periodically just yeah. to give me a fucking attitude adjustment, you know, right. but sure. But just to check you. Yeah. But nobody, you know, I mean, I held it the whole time and, um, they t- right there in that little room at MCRD where you're getting fitted for all your uniforms. They look goosebumps again. They take my service record and they put it right there and they go, what do you want? And I go, Oh, one, five, one, four years, <laughs> West coast. And dude, almost out of nowhere, all fucking drill instructors all around me. Uh-huh. You better be fucking, you better change that shit. Fucking uh-huh. battalion honor, man. You're going to be a fucking pogue. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. We're going to kill your ass. You know, blah, blah. and I was just like, sir, no, sir. I knew I was graduated, you know? Yeah. And it was just like this guy told me in the club. He goes, go admin. Chances are in the Marine Corps, you're going to be stationed with a combat unit. Yep. So you'll get to do all the cool stuff. You just won't have to do all the cool if stuff. You, do, you could go worse and go aviation and then you're fucked. Right. So and that was the thing they didn't want to do either. Yeah. And then he goes, and every duty station is great in the Marine Corps. You know, even Okinawa is a great experience. Right. You know, it's just yeah. a different experience. And uh, everything this guy told me came true. I never fucking listened to people. Right. Cause I'm just, I'm committed to. I'm going to dig this hole. I'm going to dig this hole. Let's see what's at the bottom of this hole. I've literally said that about you 10 times to him. I said, (laughs) you can, and I, and I mean it very positively. I don't, because I am somebody, unfortunately, who has, you're right, gone with the flow just because it was like, it was an easier road to follow. You, (laughs) it is amazing to watch. And I, and I promise you that this is a compliment. Like it sounds like it to me already. You start to dig a <laughs> hole. Yeah. And you don't give a fuck what anybody else has to say. This is the hole that you're digging and nobody's going to tell you differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I appreciate that as a human being in this world. I'm not well, joking. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have. And it's a, and sometimes you're not going to be right in all the shit that you do. And we will that's it. We'll only yeah. talk about it for one little second. But hold on I, real quick. I want just to mention that. Most people have an emotional connection to being right. Yeah. I don't have that. Like if, if it turns out I'm wrong, I just go, you ask everybody, prove me. I'm wrong. Right. Please, please, please. Like who cares? Right. It's not like I'm right all the time, but most of the time I'm right (laughs) 
because I put the thought and the feeling and the emotion into figuring out right. what is the choice I can stand behind. And you only stand with conviction on the things that you find right. Right. And then when I find out it's fucked up, yeah. I go, Ugh. and that's why, you know. Yeah, whatever. I don't want to talk politics right now. But well, no, we we don't have to talk <laughs> politics. We can talk whatever you want. We can talk about politics, except for every time we talk, start talking about politics, for some reason that show gets Facebook removed from Facebook. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny, isn't it? Isn't it I'll funny bet this how one that wouldn't. happens? I'll bet this one wouldn't. <laughs> um, that's why I can appreciate. Like, I didn't want. To, we don't have to talk about the series of events that's been going on with you for the last month or whatever. But I can appreciate that you are still very honest with everything that's been going on mm. on Facebook, right? Because I feel like as long as people know that even if it's fucked up, whatever it is, if you stand with integrity and you're going to tell your story, whether it's happy or sad or whatever, that's it's for somebody, you know? Well, and you have humor in everything, like for yeah. legit. Like yeah. you well, realize you have how to, fucked up stuff you is. You have to do shit like that. You have to be able to laugh at life. That's what a lot of people <laughs> takes bad like... Uh, Dia de los Muertos. Right. Dude, that's, that's shit to celebrate. Right. To fuck it. They died. They're giving the best food that they used to eat. And let's party because they're partying right now. <coughs> and people here is like so uptight about their custom and, and their beliefs. And I'm like, fuck, dude. It's not like that. That was the worst part, I think, with my dad is that, um, you know, he had his first quadruple bypass at 38. Wow. They brought us yeah. in, the priest. They read him his penance on her rights. He was gone. The dude has lived 30, 37 years, whatever it was. Um, and his big thing was he just didn't want to die sitting down or in a hospital. Right. And um, every time he's had a heart attack since, he's been camping, hunting, doing something <laughs> crazy. And, uh, and he ultimately died in a fucking hospital from yeah. a lung disease that uh. nobody knew he had. And, you know, to see a man like that who was, uh, you know, we're a lot alike. We're equal parts angry and happy. You know what I mean? And uh, both of those kind of, <laughs> they can live in the same space, you know? That's a and, beautiful um, thing to teach people. Like, well, yeah. it's pretty rough as a kid, but. <laughs> no, but, but it's, that's, that's, that's what we try to do. Like, I try to teach my, my kids that every day. Just because you're sad doesn't mean that you can't be happy tomorrow or even yeah. today, you know? Well, you gotta yeah. move on. You can't fucking hold grudges. And, and yeah. Like, that's miserable. And when I thought, like, uh, Doug Stanhope, I think he wrote a book. And it was at least in a book, and he talks about it. Where, <laughs> um, Somebody will fact check it No, later, but his but mother was dying, and they just had a party. And for I think it was just him and Bingo and, and the mom, from what I understand, or maybe it ended like that, and it was people before that. I don't remember. I, I mean, I didn't read them. This is all secondhand information. And they did whatever they did, drinking, drugs, whatever, told mm -hmm. stories, had a wonderful time. And yep. then she took whatever she took and died. Like, that's so beautiful. Uh, and agreed. after seeing my dad and his dad died the same way, it's like, why couldn't, you know, instead of everybody just kind of holding, like, well, don't really talk about the fact that we now know it's over. Yeah. Right. And we have this time left that we don't know. And we could spend it laughing and or we could spend it looking at each other, trying not to have that conversation a happy experience right, right? and uh i mean the biggest uh thing for me was uh 
the night before he, he, you know, passed out. I was in there and I was talking about, I was telling him about this job. I asked him if he ever, if he knew how to change a hot water heater. And, uh, <laughs> and man, he fucking started telling me how to change a hot water heater in a way that, I mean, he was always down to tell me how to do something, right. <laughs> but I never, yeah. it was hard to listen because he, he had a way of talking. It felt like he was talking down to you when he was telling you how to do something. You know, it was never kind of like, well, yeah, son, so here, this is how you do it. It was more like, now, God damn it. I've told you this a, three, four times. Look, right. there's two connections. It's up the fucking water goes in here and it comes out here. <laughs> what Think do you about it. You know, and I was just always like. See, the red one is the fucking the hot. The blue one is the cold. Yeah, it was crazy, you know. And so, and my dad was the kind of guy, like, even my friends that I grew up with are still friends with him. Yeah. But I never had that friend, com that friend, uh, our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Although we were close, because he, he, was, he was never able to transition into, like, dad to friend. Yeah. You know, and a lot of dads. If, if they have relationship with their adult kids, it's because they fucking now. And part of that part is whatever I was doing shit. was not giving him the confidence that I was going to be okay. <laughs> right. You know what sure. I mean? like, he's, like, he's like, for fuck's sake. Right. Like, he's where like, we, yeah. God damn it. You know, like I still have to teach this kid something because he's, yeah, he's, he's 32 and he's still, you know, whatever. Um, but he told me so precisely and calmly and he, he could hardly breathe and he could but you could tell i could tell the way he's looking at me and the way he's talking to me like he knew that that was going to be the last thing that he had any meaning that he taught me and he could tell me and honestly god normally in that situation i'd get frustrated and i'd be like okay i get it you know and i just Man, I, I felt so relaxed and I was listening and I kept thinking to myself, like, our whole lives could have been like this. Yeah. Right? This could have been every experience I've ever had with him. Right? And for whatever reason, because people are people, I'm me, he's him, my family are, is the family they are. It just never happened like that, but it happened at the very end. And that experience of just sitting there and listening to his voice and seeing his eyes and being, you know, his son and just listening. No, it's, it's fucking priceless, you know? And, uh, yeah. Uh, the last conversation we had with his mom before she passed away suddenly was being excited about us getting engaged. And it was this emotional wonderful experience that we would not have had would it have not been for that phone call that we made to her to be engaged yeah. we always thought about that had we waited a week we would have never had that wonderful conversation because situations whatever they are so i can totally appreciate that yeah the world's aligned <clears throat> so that experiences like that happen for you I, you know what it it totally it was it was amazing, and, and when I get sad or frustrated, because the thing is, is your dad still alive? He's not really close to oh, his dad. Oh, you're not dad, close to your dad? But it was, his mom was the one that passed. Well, whichever one, and, you know, thank God my mom is still alive. Um, 
But the very first time that your dad dies and the very first time after that, that your brain automatically thinks to call your dad to ask yep. him a question, and you, it fucking lowers you. Dude, it's... I tried to take... <laughs> oh I was called her for... He picked up the phone to call her for a recipe, and he's in the kitchen, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was... I was going to call my mom and like, because I always ask her for recipes. So I'm fucking like, I like cooking. Yeah. And I was going to go and I'm like, fucking embrace you. He was, he walked in circles in the kitchen. Like he didn't, there was no way to finish that sentence. Like it was like he stopped in the mid sentence. It's one of those things I like, I think about where it's like, it almost feels like you're a fucking pioneer moving west and somebody dies and you just go, like, uh, and then you just go, I got to keep moving. I got to right? figure out like, how to get forward. It feels like I'm never going to fully understand the fact that he's just gone yeah. and that someday I'll be gone and someday we're all just going to be gone. Yeah. Right. And you just go, okay, here's the, you know, Part of life, the new normal now. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there is comedy coming from it, <laughs> you know, and, uh, that's, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you, um, but this motherfucker talks too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, need you. It's like this, this. <laughs> I was gonna ask you that the comedy comes from from a dark place. It's not from a happy place. Never. You turned a bitch around and said, "Fuck! I've been doing this through my life, and but I'm gonna turn it around and make it funny so I can be in peace with whatever I have to do." I'm assuming. I yeah. don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not that cerebral about it, about why it happens. I just know that, um, you know, situationally inappropriate thoughts come to me in the moment. You know what uh, I mean? Absolutely. It is just like, I have, I have uh, had my worst controlled, <laughs> uncontrollable laughter. Yeah. Was, like you're like, that's when it's like, you're, you can't control. But you don't laugh. I just laughed a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Well, we were there, I'm and uh, my sisters were around the bed, and my mom's right next to him, and I'm in behind her with my hand here, and we're all there. And uh, <laughs> my mom says, "You know, he's 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 unconscious, you know." And my mom, you know, little tears in her eyes, and she goes, "I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't." give you that pork chop <laughs> and like i'm behind her like <laughs> like wow some weird things come up in these situations <laughs> you know like that's your guilt then i go <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't not get clarification right i couldn't just let her have that moment yeah. right because i'm like <laughs> what in the fuck is she talking about like, like what pork chop pork chops is- wasn't even one of his favorite things you know oh, okay and then I go, Mom, what's that about the pork chop? And she said, I said blow job. <laughs> and I was like, like immediately I, I didn't need clarification. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go, that's my family. Thanks, yeah. Right. I remember like my oh, shit. Because we they were always very um my dad expressed like love through, you know, like I mean, always touching my mom. And so I picked that up, right? And my last relationship was like, I remember when she was like, she wanted me to read the four love languages or something, right? Oh. And I just don't, <laughs> you know, to me, things aren't that difficult, yeah. right? And I go, 
look, this is mine. I, I fucking, yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? You fucking know, and, the will. Uh, but obviously, uh, if that's not, not yours, <laughs> that, that you are yeah. deaf to that. Right. <laughs> So you're going to find someone who likes that shit. No, <laughs> right. not no, because you're not attracted to somebody. Like it, like, no, stop it. You're Leave not attracted to the same You know same what? My type. girl, no, she does, you know, and she thinks it's cute. And, uh, and I like that. And because of that, it kind of brings this other stuff out in me. It validates. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, sure. And, uh, um, so about that, about that joke, it was like, so this weekend I did a guest spot and I told the joke about that, you know, and, and I told the pork chop and the blood job. And, and so, and then at the, at the end of the joke, I'm like, so, you know, ladies, you don't, you never know when you're going to have right. another chance. You got to always give the last blow jobs. So, <laughs> so tonight, you know, if you make it home, you might not make it home. Yeah. yeah. You know, if roads are hazardous and I, out there. I'm pretty sure everybody's like, standing there going. Oh, dude. Uh, the crowd was like, so, cause it was in Glendale, you know, a little older crowd. And yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have it. fun out there yeah. just because they tend to be people that, uh, don't want to be pushed sure. in their comedy, gotcha. you know, and uh, you just uh, push it. You like I push it. it. Yeah. And it, it, but it was a lot of fun because when you can get people on board, yeah. then they're like, yeah, you know, uh, well, but don't, like, don't you think, though, talk, even though you're doing it for, to, for the humor of it and you're yeah. trying to push the boundaries or whatever, but don't you think talking about it helps you? hundred percent. hundred percent. So. Part of, uh, <laughs> what do they call it, therapy, he, I guess. He had, uh, and, and he died the way he lived, without a doubt. You know, and it wasn't like how he wanted to, but he, he still went out his own way. He was, he was unconscious for hours, day, you know, a day maybe. And, uh, you know, all the living people, the ants and people who come in and everyone's like, oh, well, he'll, he'll let go when, you know, when Howdy gets here. And so then I get there. Did you just he call yourself like Howdy? Yeah, Howdy. That's what they call me. Howdy. Mm, good yeah. to know. Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> I got it now. Good to know Howdy. The only ones who call me Howdy. <laughs> and, uh, and so then they're like, you know, oh, well, you got to talk loud to him. I'm like, you know, I'm fine. You know, mm -hmm. and, so, and so then he doesn't let go, right? And then, then Joke's you know, on you, chicks. so then you know, like my sister will get up, you know, another hour will go by, and my sister gets close to him. She's like, "Okay, you can go, Dad. Daddy, you can go." And I, like he was listening. Yeah, just like, yeah. nah, he doesn't go. <laughs> you know, then my other sister takes a turn another hour, and then you know, my aunt and everyone's like, then my mom like finally gets in the bed, you know, with mm -hmm. him and lays down, and for like two or three hours, she just like. You can go. You can go. <laughs> like, it just got to this point right. where like everybody was like, permission. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, like, we're yeah. hungry. And like, like yeah. and then they're coming. guessing, like, well, he's probably waiting for his sister. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like, and that is exactly my dad, just like I am, right? Like, I don't care what the scenario is, you know? Like, if the house is on fire, it's, well, it's going to burn, but there are things to do and we've got to get this out. We got to get that out. We got to do it. And no one's going to fucking tell me when to get out of a burning house, right. you know? And it's like, 
you know, it, it, it hurt me to see he was scared the night before because we're, everyone's been planning for a catastrophic heart attack that he dies. And this dude survived head on collisions, Jeez. heart attacks. Uh, I mean, it's, too, or? yeah, well, and that's ultimately what appears to kill him. He was a pest control guy in the air force in, uh, Vietnam. And, uh, we found out that two of the guys who were in his unit have the same lung condition. Yeah. No, we had no idea. We had zero idea. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it's just one of these. Finally, it, me and my sister and some friends went to the main ingredient to take a break and have some cocktails. And because we we're like, this is going to be a long night. As soon as we ordered, they're like, call us back. No, it's, it's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. We rush back and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's at the end of it. But it was just a, a fucking, a comedy of errors, right? Because he had a pacemaker and a defibrillator and they put a magnet on the pacemaker so that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, as he's dying, his pacemaker is working. Like and so it keeps yeah. shocking him and he's, <laughs> and everyone's like, what is going Turn on? Bitch off. <laughs> yeah, like, this is crazy. It's like Peter not talking to Paul about what the fuck is supposed to be happening. Yeah, know? it was so nuts. And 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 when he stopped breathing, his heart was still beating. Yeah. Damn. It was the weirdest wow. fucking thing. But like that's that's his way yeah. of going out, right? And it's not going out at all. Yeah. It's like what <laughs> From the day I had my first heart attack to right now, I've never given up. I've fought the whole fucking time, and I'm fighting. Yeah. No matter how uncomfortable it is for everybody, right? you're going you to have the same respect for me you've had my whole life because I don't fucking give up even when the chips are down. Yeah. And that's the thing I remember. My dad, when I was a kid, he had an asphalt company, and uh, three kids, he, he had a Ford F-150 and, and there were days he would wake up and we'd, you know, in the summers, we would go to work with him essentially, you know, and be babysat in the <laughs> truck, you know. Um, and there were days he would go, he'd go downtown, he'd get a, a load of asphalt in the back of his truck and he'd just go to businesses and say, hey, I see the pothole in your thing. Can I fill that for 50 bucks? Wow. And he'd just do that all day right. to make money. So that, you know, we had the things wow. that we needed and uh, a fucking a really cool and amazing, uh, hardworking, um, equally angry <laughs> and happy guy for sure, yeah. you know, and, and and he was happy. Right. But I think as he's guys, we don't, you know, we don't we take on a lot of stress you know and we like the the stress of responsibility but we respond to it you know with heart attacks or strokes or drinking <laughs> or, or whatever or jokes you know and my dad everyone thought my dad was hilarious you know um and he was, he, was he's, he had a very specific laugh and um it's, it's been about two weeks Three weeks, I guess. Weeks. It was the sixth on my sister's birthday. Yikes. Oh, shit. 
Yeah. My baby you did it sister. on purpose, too. Yeah. Like, no. fuck it. You'll well, never you know forget. What? You'll never forget me. You'll fucking remember my shit. You know, and, and obviously my sister was not stoked about it, but yeah. we talked about it. And man, like to me, that'd be the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, like he brings you in he to the world and he goes out on the same day. Yeah. Like what? What could be cooler than that? Yeah. You know, stamp and deliver. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I can tell you that. Like anybody that knows me, like and spends a lot of time with me, I'm a super big proponent of like energy. Mm. And the night we met you, I told him that he has a good soul. Yeah. And whether you say that about yourself or whether you don't, no, I, I do. Oh, good. But I, I also glad. know that I do a lot of things but to that's make not that about difficult your soul. for people to see. But that's not see. about your soul. That's not about your soul. You have come through some shit, and then you don't like. You don't lay down when there's a fight. Like no. someone's coming at you. You don't lay down. And I appreciate that because there's so many people in this world that are like, world's too tough. They're coming at me. I'm not going to fight back. And I would hope that that to kind of sum it up is something maybe your dad taught you. hundred percent. Right. I mean, like, my dad, the f I remember, you know, certainly one of the first times I came home crying and I got beat up, you know, and, uh, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, the same thing they teach in the Marine Corps. Stunning blow. He's yeah, like, yeah. by the time you think you're getting in a fight, you should have already You should have already won it. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, and look, if these bullies are going to fucking fight you, they're going to do it. Yeah. Like, you've got you to gotta fight, right? Yeah. And uh, I was always, uh, you know, getting in fights with people that were bigger than me. Because, one, I was a small guy. Me too. But he just taught me how to defend myself. And here's the biggest thing. I can't even believe I forgot to say this. My fucking dad, it seemed like every time I turned around, he was saving somebody's life. Yeah. He was stopping the car, leaving us in the car, and rushing to a fucking accident, running into Lake Pleasant to help a woman in an overturned boat. Every 19th and Cactus, we were, and this is the kind of like, I'm the same way with like the way I think about things. The, I'm sorry. There's no gray area in things that are risky and dangerous and right. There's right and wrong. And sometimes you do the wrong thing and right. just fuck it. You did yeah. the wrong thing. Accept it. You're going to be able to get over the fact that you accepted you did the wrong thing than trying to push away the fact that you did the wrong thing and not accept it. Right. And there was this little girl running across the street at the crosswalk and, um, and the light was green and this car stopped in the first lane to let her go on a green light. She must have been nine or ten. And my dad, we were behind him, getting goosebumps again. And my dad all just starts yelling and honking, you fucking asshole, go, don't stop. Because she immediately took off. And this lane had no idea why we were stopped still. Green light. She ran out. And this little girl just tumbling through the air and she had a, a recorder and it was broken in pieces in the middle of the summer. And, uh, me and my dad were the first ones there and, uh, she was crying. She had a, she had a broken arm or a broken leg and my dad was helping her. And that was the only thing that prevented that guy in that station wagon from getting his fucking ass handed to him. And my dad's just yelling at him the whole time while he's helping this little girl, you know? And I was just like, 
Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. You can multitask. Right. You can hold someone responsible yeah. and save the day at the same yeah. time, you know? Right. Yeah. For sure. It was awesome. Yeah. And that's and that's something that at the end of the day, you like he always says like he has so much more patience with our kids. Like for me it's easier for me just to do it than to teach the lesson. Yeah. For real. Like it's easier for me just to clean up the mess instead of saying here's the teachable lesson. And he has such patience in that understated, guilty way of, for fuck's sake, I've taught you this four times, and they listen, yes, dad, or whatever. But I hope that <laughs> in the in 30 years, when they're sitting there having a conversation about us, that it's the same type of conversation you're having. Let me ask you one right question. Now. I have questions about the fucking show. The, I know, the, I know. We the got Bob to Rescue about, show. I know. Well, you, you guys go like, I got all these fucking questions in my head. <laughs> It's okay. Like marine, life, life takes you. Right. <laughs> life takes you down no, the. Like, like how, how was the show? Like they brought you back, right? They yeah. Did it twice, right? Yeah. So the first time, how was a fucking reality show? Are you friends with that dude? No. Not very nice about it. He, that boy, that guy doesn't you look. He too dad, much, huh? way too much Botox. I mean, you well, know. It was part Have of you the seen show? him now? I mean, it was part of the show that they wanted. You know, gotcha. yeah, that's how um, reality TV is. And we knew when we signed up, you know, like because they the production team comes out and they go, OK, who's going to be the protagonist? Who's going to be the antagonist? Who's going to fucking do yeah. this and that? Which of your staff is like this and like that? And so they're they're developing the show the whole time. Gotcha. Right. And so people go, oh, is it is it scripted? It's not scripted like, hey, these are your lines. But they script the whole show they know what and then they set it up. Yeah. And then they say things to get the responses and the words that they need to write it into the show. And, and so that's why I was mad the whole time. I kept going, this is fucking, shit. that's a lie. That's a lie. That's, that didn't happen. This is like, yeah. And then when the show came out and we had the big premiere party for it, uh, yeah. I mean, we all just sat there like, You're like what the whoa. Like it was filmmaking artistry. Yeah. Like shit from all sorts of days. Just brought into one coherent scene. If, if like, if you're just somebody watching you it, you gotta wear the same shirt every day. Yeah, yeah. every day. It was this shirt. This is my uniform shirt. Right. And uh, uh, you know, at the end, uh, Burger, who was the main production guy, I think, he called me, and he's like, "Dude, you guys are on TV. It's That's a show. It. It's gonna draw no matter just what. Just remember that." Yeah. And he goes, we put it together and uh, just enjoy it. And I was just like, <laughs> where is that? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, because we had problems that could have been addressed <laughs> and taken care of. Right. Yeah. Like um, there were real problems with the amount of money we were bringing in. Not that we weren't bringing in money. I had to make 55 grand a month just to break even. Damn. And that's maybe me getting paid. It's, it was insane. And because we didn't have a plan. Because I didn't have a plan to open a club. I was doing comedy. And some fans were like, we fucking love you. Let's do it. Let's club. open a club. Okay. I meet him. I meet Nathan for lunch at Stingray. I show him a plan that I come up with. Because he said, "Tell me, you know, let me know how much money you think we're going to need. And I said, 600000 And he goes, well, we're not giving you 600000 And I go, well... I mean, I'm sure I could do it for 300. It's just not going to be what I think it's going to be. And he goes, no, we're not giving you three. Shit. 
And I go, what well, why don't you me? just tell me what you're going to give me then? Right. And he goes, we'll give you 100000 Oh, a dick in my ass. Thanks. <laughs> I'd have still taken the 100000 right. but <laughs> but that's close offer. That's a pretty close offer. Why do you have to be a dick in your ass? I don't do that stuff. Neither do right. I. Neither one of us do. Why are Neither you talking about it? Neither of us don't, by Stop the way. It. <laughs> I don't go that way. Fuck. And, uh. Um, so they gave a hundred thousand, they, they controlled most of it, you know, which, which I didn't agree with either, but it wasn't my money. And, uh, you know, by the time we even started opening, we only had $30,000 to open up, wow. which is, that's nothing, barely an opening order. You know what I mean? And so we did a lot with nothing and we, we came a long way. Uh, but, um, you know, the biggest mistake I made, I should have just charged uh, you know, $20 tickets right out the box. But at the time, even the big clubs from yeah. most of them were under like 1750 or, but what I should have done is had the ability, the discipline to just go, look, if I'm charging 15 or 18, I'll be going out of business yeah. later yeah. than I will be. If I, you know, if I keep it right here, but if I charge 20, you know, I'll still be in business, you know, and it took a buddy of mine opening up a club and sharing with me, you know, his experience as I did mine with him to make me kind of go, God damn it. You know, my seat, my club was 180 people. And so I was thinking about it as like getting people in and selling them food and beverage, which is largely the club for these big clubs, right? That's why you get the phone call every week. Hey, you won three tickets again. Because you can win free tickets because they're really $5 when you get there and you're buying two item minimum. You're still spending $100 on free tickets, right? And and with when you fill a place up that's four or 500 people, and even if they're all free, you're making your nut on the alcohol, right? And we just we just weren't that big. Um, So, you know, but the new the new plan is is coming together and, uh, you know, it will be everything that stand-up Scottsdale was supposed to be. and But now I've got the experience. I know the numbers. Um, but you learn from that experience. Yeah. I'm a, you, know, you had to learn. Yeah. Because you're I'm a, a wiser boy. person. Howdy. We're going to call you Howdy Doody. <laughs> <Right. laughs> He's we like, like no, you're so not. <laughs> the, se- the second time you went to uh, the show, the, what is the name of the show again? Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. You went there and you started gaming giving him shit like straight up like well you're dude. a fucking liar you piece of shit well but you well you don't even see the whole thing okay i mean they just show you five minutes of what's going on okay but i was in front of his audience uh-huh. explaining all the dumb shit that he did right like in his shows he's always like i added four chairs here that's ten thousand dollars a chair uh-huh. forty thousand to your bottom line okay give shit you <laughs> fucking took 60 out of my place. Facts. Yeah. That's that's all the money we did last year. You know? Yeah. I the day they left, I had to go buy chairs. Yeah. To put in there because we had booze that they had that they had taken out and put in storage. Really? Yeah. And uh So when they fix your place, what do they, they fix don't it? Fix the, it. They do don't fix it. They don't quotes if you're going to say bogus. shit like that. Yeah, it's you not You say fix. Fix they with don't the air do quotes anything you can't like see that. Me, but you fix. Yeah, because the first thing they do, their budget is small. Okay. So they call up a bunch of they, – they come in, they assess what's going on, they think about what they can 
fixed. And then they look for a contractor or a supplier of something to do that. That's why it's like, oh, this convection oven by so-and-so and so-and-so. That's all given, right, for the advertisement. Um, you know, with us, it, it was just all over the place. Oh, this is median income here is 72000 you know, a year. And, oh, what, Scottsdale? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and but <laughs> what the fuck? And like, so seriously, then you can't expect. Mm. They take away our barbecue menu, which was very popular, and our hamburgers, very popular. And, uh, and they give us, you know, fried triangle macaronis triangles you know and fucking fish sticks and goddamn chicken tenders and i'm like how dumb is this audience to not realize you know the, the difference between what you're saying and what you're doing and yeah. uh you know his his comedy expert was a fucking hack uh the guy that they brought in to be like now this is a real headliner i passed on him twice I never hired him to do the club, right? And he's a fine enough guy, but, but, don't but his think, comedy wasn't comedy that don't I enjoyed. Do you think they researched that and found out No, somebody- no, because actually they, they asked a couple people that wouldn't come and do it, right? Because I already had some notoriety as far as, like, what kind of club we were, the way but I, I mean, felt like about comedy. Throw, throw a knife at you? Yeah. Like, to throw a knife at you. Like, you don't think that they tried to make it, like, that would be the the negative in oh, the right. story, you know what yeah, I mean? No, like if they course. said, oh, wait, he didn't want this guy here, so hey, guess what? We're going to bring this guy. So oh, well, no, because I didn't know make... who that guy, oh, okay. you know, that guy was like a guy who got fired from the Improv Hollywood Improv 20 years ago. I mean, he wasn't even really in comedy anymore, right? Right. And then, because the big thing was like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I can have my headliner, you know, do it. It was Chris Porter at the time. And they're like, Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, why wouldn't they want to see one of my headliners? Yeah. Because they're trying to tell a story yeah. that I have shitty fucking headliners. Yeah, my right. headliners competed with the biggest clubs here. Yeah. I'd put this weekend up almost week in and week out yeah. against whatever these bigger clubs had. Yeah. Yeah. You come in for the comedy and the experience that you're getting. It was it was worth $30. Do you know Vinny Fax? What's his name? Oh, Vinny. Faxmile, Faxmail. No, I'll figure it out, but we'll talk to Vinny O'Shauna. No, no, he's Vinny Faxmail. Was touring with Dane Cook, but I I saw that. <laughs> you didn't see nothing. I I actually, uh, you know, I was living in Mexico Fax City line. when Dane Cook was uh, coming up. Okay. And so I really didn't I didn't know much about him until I moved to L.A. Hollywood in like 2005. And then at that, by that time, everybody in Hollywood was teaching. Oh, we didn't ever answer that question. Was teaching like what he does, okay. which is, I can't even remember exactly how it goes, but it's like a um, premise, act out punch. So you, so you give people the premise of the joke, uh-huh. and then you act it out. Okay. And then you fucking tell the yeah. joke. You know what I mean? And it's like Maniscalco does a lot of that. You yeah. know, all the movement and shit. And it was just never, I was never a fan of that, right? I was always like, if you can't use your words to make comedy, yeah. you know, because do this other stuff someplace else. And I think that's why this kid is, I think this kid is still not, not, he's not with him anymore. No? No, but and I he, think that. Yeah, he's in his Vinny Faxi man. No, I know. Fax, it's Fastline. I, Fax. Oh, Fastline. I don't yeah. know him. I know the name though. But yeah. he's, 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 he's good, super, um. But I think that where it comes from is I he's told younger. Him I, was bring him here. I know he's, he's like, younger. Sure, bro. He answered me. 
Yeah. He's I didn't hungry. Think he was ask he's oh, hungry. He's hungry. Yeah. And he's funny and he's wounded. Like he's had he, his story is super like I'm super funny even though like it's fucked up like he got he got cancer at 19. So he's mm. like what I I outgrew make wish. Like he couldn't get make right. wish, right? You know what yeah. I mean? And so but he's he's not with him anymore, but that's because it's just a different type of comedy, but he's mm. a good kid. Good kid. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, and, we and love all comedy. that comedy, because here's the thing, right? Um, and Dane Cook isn't one of these persons. Uh, you know, uh, Maniscalco isn't like this either, but the, the, the industry now is pushing, like, these young guys who, you know, you watch their sets on TV, and it's like, I'm, I look like this, I act like this, and I'm from yeah. this hometown, and, uh, and they're all the same sets, and you can tell, like, these people don't have any thoughts that are fucking comedic, right. you know, like once they do their first, get their first half hour, they're not going to have anything else to say. Right. Right. And that, and it happens constantly in, in the, in the people that they push. Right. Um, and that's just a place where comedy's kind of gotten to, right? Because, um, what would be the reason? You know, I, I don't know the reason. Well, but you, you, would hit, you, on, been, you hit on it in the beginning. Time. People, too many people are getting offended. Too many people aren't saying the truth. They're just kind of living these blaso blase. But lives. also, too many people are doing comedy. True. That true, aren't true, 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 fucking true. funny, and they shouldn't be doing it, right? Like, fine, take a class. That's how I got into it. I moved to LA. I always wanted to do comedy. I didn't know how. I took a class. Uh, I was not good in the class <laughs> because what they do, like any class, they teach yeah. you joke structure and how to do this and how to do that. And I didn't want to do comedy like that. Right. How do you like teach somebody to be funny. That's it's weird. because there is a joke structure, but it's just like, if you've ever seen a comedian just up there telling their jokes, like I would always say, if I can't take your, your best 15 minutes away from you and you can still make people laugh, you're just not a comedian yet. Yeah. You're, you're a hobbyist. Uh, and which there's some uh, angst around that fucking word. <laughs> and uh, um, but that's it. You're you enjoy comedy. You're you think you're you can do it. But you can't. Right. You and it doesn't matter that people keep laughing at you. Right. You, you're you don't you're having no integrity to being a comedian right now. Right. Because you don't know that you're not doing it. Well, I I firmly believe that you have been through the ringer <laughs> since I mean uh, we've known you for a long time now, yeah. and uh, we all learn with experience, right? Yeah. Or we we have to. We kind of like have to know. And shit, you've been doing comedy for a long time. I mean, yeah. Uh, fuck, I have. <laughs> 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 I want to start like a comedy tour uh -huh. where I get like known comedians out and just do comedy against them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be funny. Yeah. like prize comedy. Like you just show up and it's like, do like a battle round. Yeah. You know I mean? Like just, just, <laughs> right. open, that, just but, open that new place that you want to open. But I'd start funny. out by explaining why they're not funny first and yeah. why their jokes are getting over on you. Absolutely. Right. Like, <laughs> and then yeah. you outsmart them. Now you can see why I'm not doing any of well, that. No, it's, your, your, your new club can be called outsmarted. Outsmarted. Like I'm going to outsmart you. Well, that's the, and that's kind of it, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why 
you know, I don't get on these shows here. <laughs> um, a lot of it was my attitude during the club, you know, cause I just didn't, I didn't give a shit. And none of these other clubs meant something to me. It was like, yeah, you know, um, and I was pretty adversarial, I think primarily because of like, I hated the business part of it that they were doing to get people in to see people that I knew weren't strong headliners, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and we're faking the fucking comedy funk, you know? And, um, you know, and I think I just developed a style that's not conducive to like these kind of clubs because they're not real comedy clubs. Sure. You can be a comedian, you can produce a show there for them and they'll let you do that, but they're not grooming, you know, and, and I mean, I have friends that, that do the clubs and I'm, eh, this is going to sound like I'm saying they're not these people. They are, uh, there are some thoughtful comedians that are pushing the bounds of comedy, but they're doing it within the parameters that they know these clubs mm-hmm. want them right. to do. Right. Yeah. They're, they're pushing the boundaries that, they're right. that, themselves. They're customizing. Well, right. to and I would say, yeah, and I would say that forever and ever, like as long, I mean, I, I know I haven't known you since you were a child, but <laughs> as long you've always pushed the thought process, you push the boundaries. You always say, you want people to think for themselves, even if they're going to fight you on your opinion, as long as they're thinking for themselves and coming to right. you with what they believe to be fact and not something that's regurgitated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. How about right. we wrap it up? Because I know. Right? We can eight, talk for like an hour no, you're the longest one. I know. Let me tell you one more story about my dad. Yes, absolutely. I'm not and this is exactly who he was. <laughs> one day we're working and uh, we're in the Ford and he is, uh, He's driving and he's just he's fucking going through it, right? Is that white? Yeah, he's white. And uh and, no. and he's He don't and he's, look white. And he's fucking like and I could tell like I better not say anything. You know, and I was at the time I must have been eleven or twelve, you know? And uh all of a sudden I can see like tears welling up in his eyes. And I'm just like holy shit, you know, like I don't wanna talk. Cause I never like, I'm a crier, you know? Like, if I feel like crying, I'll cry. Yeah. And I have no problem with it, you know? Like, I if you've never gotten your ass way. beat by somebody who's crying, you've never gotten your ass beat. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And that's the I fucking thing. That. Like, <laughs> you think I'm weaker because I'm crying? You think I'm weaker? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I know something's up. And we pull up in front of this guy's house. And he's just turns the car truck off and he's just, and I'm like, I have goosebumps again. And I'm like, dad, what, what are you, what are you doing? And he's just fucking people. Sometimes they just don't, they don't fucking care. I'm good that you have a family, kids and, and he's starts losing it. And I'm like, Shit, because I'd never seen him like that, you know. And he and he goes, stay here. And he gets out of the truck, and he pulls up the seat, which is a bench seat. And so I'm like, yeah. and he pulls the shotgun out of the oh, truck, fuck. and uh, fucking walks up to the door, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he comes back. 
like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he gets in the truck and he's got a load of money Damn. and fucking nothing. You know, we don't say a word to each other. Right. And that was the last of it, you know, and, but that was the business he was in. Guys would have you do work and they wouldn't pay you. And okay. he had just fucking had it ready as three kids. He has yeah. a wife who, who my mother worked her whole fucking life, you know, for us. And, uh, and that's the day I realized, like, this is a fucking serious dude. Right? Like, but, that's but life. I'm going to be 